Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning, July. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, ninety-seven point three. Welcome to another edition of the City Breakfast Show. And we are getting straight into the business sense segment brought to you by ADB. But the song is from Joyful Incorporated. It's called Berry My Yesu. It's a beautiful way to start your morning. And with the ADB special personal loan top up, you enjoy reduced interest rate, extended repayment periods. And maintain your existing monthly repayment amount. If you have a personal loan with us and you have serviced this for up to 12 months or more, call 059-384-4898. That's 059-384-4898. Or visit any of our branches. Let's talk a Greek. Let's talk loan extension. Let's talk a special personal loan top-up. 
let's start with business sense and this one says it's easier to sell an offer that solves a problem or that solves a pain than one fulfilling a desire it's easier to sell an offer that solves a pain than one fulfilling a desire so instead of trying to create castles in the air for your prospect study their process and their life deeply there obviously would be some problems or pains that they need solved it's much easier to sell a solution than to sell a promise it's much easier to sell a solution than to sell a promise so study your prospects understand their process understand their mindset in your effort to sell this is from my Warren Buffett quotes for the morning business has brought to you by ADB truly a Greek and more Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show, lies above the noise. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There is so much hatred, war and poverty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Make up all the teachers, time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. Yeah. 
I guess you know this week is a bit like John Legend and come on on my mind. Yesterday we played the glory song. Today it's more like a three a, a three person song. John Legend, Melanie Fiona, and come on. Wake up all the builders. Time to build a new land. I know we can do it if we lend a hand. The only thing we have to do is to put it in our mind. Surely things will work out cause they do every time. Wake up all the doctors and make the old people well. They are the ones who suffer and who catch all the hell. But they don't have so very long before their judgment day. So won't you make them happy before they pass away? Wake up all the teachers. Time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. When you teach the children, teach them the best way you can. Six thirty-one City Breakfast Show newspaper review coming up next. Brought to you by Total Energies Marketing Ghana PLC. I judge the Petroleum Company of the Year three consecutive times by CIMG. Now inducted into the Hall of Fame, dedicating these wonderful accomplishments to you, our valued customers. Thank you for your unwavering trust and loyalty to the Total Energies brand. And we promise to continue delivering excellent and innovative products for you all the time. Richard Sky is wearing a very interesting uh, set of things. He's wearing a fugu, which is blue, and then he's wearing what is called in uh, Ghanaian parlance, kuli hai. This is really like the, it's the cap. I'm not sure, it's not a cap. It's not a hat too. I'm not sure which it is, but you can tell us what it is. You know, a hat is different. It's, 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 in Britain, we call it newsboy's hat. Oh, okay. So yeah. what the news? Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. It's, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Newsboys hat. To differentiate it from a, a cap. Uh, yeah, this is a newsboy's hat. Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. But it usually goes with a certain kind of apparel. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. That's right. Yeah. So it's criminals who wear it. <laughs> oh. This guy. Oh, really? <laughs> Well, 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 in popular culture, if you watch, if you watch Peaky Blinders, actually, Blinders, this one they wear, then they hide all the things under. But you have made a sweeping statement. Oh, please, 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 officer. You can say some criminals wear. No, he says in popular culture. I said, I said in popular culture. Remember that part, you know what? I said in popular culture. Yeah. Anyhow, so guys, welcome. So we have, we have, we have, we have Godfred Akotoboa uh-huh. and we have Richard Scam. My name is Ben Adavle, by the way. Mm-hmm. The show is meant to be interactive. So uh-huh. if you hear something that uh, you want us to comment on, send us a WhatsApp 0549986996. If it's much longer, send us an email. Mm-hmm. We received a few emails. I'll dedicate one morning mm-hmm. to these emails. Yeah. Um, so don't, don't lose hope if your email hasn't been read yet. We, yeah. we sort of take note and we gauge the mood. We look at the issues and then we jump in at once. So Sky, let's start with the Ghanaian Times. Okay, so the Ghanaian Times says this morning at the UAE Business Forum, Ghana targets net zero emission as it employs climate-friendly technologies practices in mining. Also, we are told that PAC, which is the PAC, orders arrest of three guarantors for guaranteeing for workers who breached bond conditions. Also on the front page, we are told that Finance Ministry individual uh, bondholder strike deal agreed to set up technical committee to address 
concerns. And I've mm. seen not MP files motion for review of Supreme Court ruling. Let me take you to the front page of the Daily Graphic. AG Burst Teeth Attacks Evaders warns culprits will face the law. On uh, harnessing after potential police international agencies collaborate to enhance securities coming from the IGP, <coughs> Dr. Ekufu Dampari, making Ghana Mecca for Pan Africanists. Yesterday we were discussing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, December in GH. Boost tourist arrivals. I think we spoke about the numbers mm-hmm. as part of our conversation. And technical team to review individual bondholders' proposal. Mm-hmm. The Chronicle has an NDC story. Dual citizenship, ghost hunting NDC. Also, we're told that horror, lady hangs herself and son. This is a very distressing story on the front page of the Chronicle this morning. And then the MPA imposes sanctions on four OMCs for illicit trading mm. and then there's something here mortuary man chops 77,000 Ghana cities government cash mm. wow. let me take you finally to the front page of the anchor newspaper Bernard Krobo mm. uh, uh, chief questions NPP chairman source of wealth mm-hmm. mm, okay new dawn for non-traditional minerals as government woos investors for lithium copper zinc development tension brewing at graphic communications mm-hmm. and the finance says Musician catches billionaire wife mm. joins NDC MP race and Joanna Jan is on the front page of the newspaper. She's vying to become the parliamentary candidate for Amenfi Central. Mm. Okay, the new crusading guy says this morning again, repeating the story about the MP and those sanctions. NPA sanctions for MCs over illicit trading. If you go elsewhere, we're told that NDC presidential parliamentary uh, primary slated for May 13th. And then also, after HAB needs massive investment to succeed, according to the Minister for Communications, Islam. If you, if you go to citynewsroom.com, a few stories there. Not Chukoto or Kotoi demands source of funding for one student, one tablet initiative. Meanwhile, IMFD will spare economic growth. The president is confident. Technical committee on debt exchange to begin work today, according to Minister of Finance. And gold for oil. Firms in value chain won't be shortchanged. Baumias, economic advisor, says so. Still on citynewsroom.com. Uh, we are given a Black West petition needed attention according to Shraj. Yes. And as you read, NDC to hold presidential and parliamentary primaries on May 13. And government is creating unfair playing field with gold for oil policies. This is Alex Mould. If you go to majoronline.com, the lead story is any bank seizes operations as trustee in securities, industry, and capital markets. Also, scrapping the domestic debt exchange, not an option. Ufriata hints at addressing bondholder concerns. Mm-hmm. There are quite a number of stories on the bonds. Uh, debt exchange finance ministry sets up committee, as we read already. And then Senor Jose says new bonds and a domestic debt exchange program are potentially worthless. And then if you go to a few other spaces, if you go, for example, to Bloomberg, their lead story is on global bond markets, incidentally. So apparently global bond markets are doing well. Global bond sales surged to record nearly uh, record start of nearly $600 billion. Mm-hmm. So while Ghana is losing confidence in bonds, globally the situation is different. In Kenya, their central bank chief sees economy expanding 
to 6.2% this year. Mm-hmm. That's quite large indeed. If you go to citybusinessnews.com, producer price inflation decreases to 52.2 in December of 2022. Mm-hmm. And then PURC's reason for 2023 tariff increases baseless, according to the IES. So those are some of the other stories making the rounds. Let's okay. come to you. So let's think of this morning mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the story regarding the bondholders and their meeting with uh, the Ministry of Finance yesterday. It produced some results. And if you go to page 12 of the Ghanaian Times, that story is the DDE program Bruhar. Finance Ministry Individual Bondholders Strike Deal. And the story says the Ministry of Finance and representatives of the individual bondholders yesterday agreed to set up a joint technical committee to resolve bondholders' concerns over the domestic bond debt exchange program. Now, the committee, which is expected to start work today, would address the issue of whether the individual bondholders will be exempted from the program or the terms of the program will be adjusted to suit their request. Now, the decision to form the committee was announced after a closed-door meeting between the two parties yesterday at the Ministry of Finance in Accra. Mm-hmm. Now, the representatives of more than one million individual bondholders were at the meeting now. Former Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Bulk Oil Distributors, Senyo Hosi, one of the, uh, what do you call it, the conveners, mm-hmm. the Sector Minister, Keno Furieta, and other officials of the ministry represented the government. Um, they are addressing the media afterwards. Mr. Furieta said the parties had an effective uh, discussion towards working together to resolve their differences. It goes on to say that uh, he stated that the program was voluntary and although the 1.5 million individual bondholders had stated their concerns, the government was also concerned about the 30.8 million population Mm. of the country. Let me stay with the finance minister's office on page 30 of the graphic business. He says the economy to rebound next year. Mm. Minister of Finance Kinofarita says the economy rebound in 2024. He projected a steady growth of 4.8% in the medium term between 2024 and 2026. He was Mm -hmm. speaking uh, at the 74th annual New Year School. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quote, we are optimistic about the prospect of our dear country. This year's New Year's School and Conference, which was held on the scene positioning the African market for sustainable African development to after birth together uh, academia. Yeah. So All right, let me it. continue with the economy. Gold for oil firms in value chain won't be short changes by Omias Economic Advisor. Story by Letitia say it says that Dr. Abdul Kabiru Mohammed, economic advisor to the vice president, has assured that firms that operate within the petroleum value chain will not be shortchanged in the government's gold for oil policy. Now, he said a channel has been created to address the concerns of firms in the value chain. Now, he was on the point of view yesterday with Salam Adonu and Dr. Kabiru hinted that the arrangement is such that no private person within the value chain is going to be shortchanged. Government has opened a channel to be able to address the concerns of these people. Uh, now, Ghana on 15 January took delivery of 40,000 metric tons of the first consignment under the policy from the UAE. Mm-hmm. The move is meant to tackle dwindling foreign exchange reserves brought on by the demand for dollars by oil importers, which is weakening the local city and increasing the cost of living. Okay. And then Dr. Baumia joined the New Year School, explained why Ghana did this. And yesterday on the point of view, Dr. Kabiru Mohammed sought to add more flesh to that uh, analysis. Okay, uh, let's stay with the economy and uh, let me bring you two quick stories. This, um, these are from the Chronicle mm-hmm. because if you go to page um, two of the Chronicle, there's a story there that says zero coupon in 
2023 for individual bondholders has to change. Again, mm-hmm. quoting the Minister for Finance, mm-hmm. and Max Olofori writing says, the Minister for Finance, Ken Oforiata, has indicated that the initial stance of zero coupon in 2023 for individual bondholders, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. has to change. Mm-hmm. There's a further quote here that says that we are looking at a situation where maybe the zero coupon for the bondholders in 2023 should be changed going forward. He was speaking apparently to join News on okay. this particular matter. Now, the other story, which mm-hmm. headline you read much earlier, mm-hmm. says the producer price of inflation for December falls to 52.2. And it says the producer price inflation PPI rate for December 2022 was uh, 52.2%, mm-hmm. down from 78.1% the previous month. Now, the rate indicates that between December 2021 and December 2022, which is year on year, the PPI increased by 52.2%, representing a 25.9% uh, point decrease in producer inflation relative to the rate recorded in November 2022, which was 78.1%. Yeah. There's a story on the graphic front page with the IGP's picture. Yes. Uh, I wanted you to touch on that story because there's a very interesting audio circulating on yes. social media yes, about yes, uh, a suspect who claimed that narcotics yes. have been planted in his car boot. Okay, yep. let me take you And the police say they've arrested that man. All right, let me tell you what the IGP said yes. at the New Year's school. Mm-hmm. The IGP, Dr. George Akufo-Dampire, stated that the police are collaborating with regional and continental security agencies to improve security in the country, especially as a host thereafter. The move is in line with an African Union Peace and Security Council inside report that indicates that in spite of the potential of AFTA mm-hmm. to contribute to economic development, peace and security on the continent, its implementation could be hampered by security. So he uh, delivered his presentation okay. on improving he, he, he did not touch service on this, delivery. But the yeah. police, yeah, you know, yesterday a number of people sent me an audio of a man who said he was driving somewhere around Italy gone. My mother sent it and to me. So many people sent it and he said basically that the police stopped him, checked his boot, and apparently yeah. they had dropped something in the boot. So mm-hmm. the Lord or some the spirit told him to check. Mm-hmm. Or he felt that he had an inkling to check and he realized that narcotics has been placed in the boot. And then a few meters away, another group of policemen were waiting. Mm-hmm. Now, the police have on Wednesday arrested a man suspected to be the person in the audio tape describing an alleged elaborate incident of criminal behavior mm-hmm. on the part of the police. Now, in the audio tape that has been widely circulated, the man who introduced himself as Dr. Patrick Asidu claimed that he had been stopped by some police officers who planted substances suspected to be narcotics in his car and attempted to extort money from him. Police investigation so far established that the man who has been arrested is in police custody and is indeed called Patrick Asiedu. He's an Uber driver and not a doctor. According to a statement issued by the police, the investigation showed that the entire story narrated in the audio is false and a total fabrication by the suspect. The supposed military intervention and the alleged fight between the police officers and the military described in such a dramatic detail in the audio tape are all false and a figment of the suspect's imagination. It added, equally false are the vivid descriptions of having been taken to Accra Central and East Legon police stations as well as the Narcotics Control Commission. The claims of fingerprints being taken are all untrue. You see, uh, it's unfortunate that this this is happening, and we hope that they get to the bottom of this particular matter, because I also received this file, um, you know, that so many of them. Forwarded many times. Exactly, forwarded many times, and it's good that, it, you know... The police acted on it. Exactly, acted on it. They actually sent an initial statement that they were investigating the matter, mm-hmm. and then later on released a statement that they had arrested yeah, was, the guy. Yeah. 
Now, you see, but there's also an issue about how the police are stopping and searching vehicles because mm-hmm. I've, I've faced that situation mm-hmm. quite a number of times. Mm-hmm. The question is whether lawfully mm-hmm. or legally mm-hmm. a policeman can just in the middle of the road stop you to search your vehicle mm-hmm. without reasonable suspicion of you having committed a crime. I think that there, there, there has to be some, you know, you know, questions over that. How, how they exercise the mandate. Exactly, because if somebody and their wife are just driving to... Say, they said they are doing routine. Yeah. Check. You see, there's a problem with that, I Why? think. Because you, you can only intervene, halt someone, and search the vehicle the way they do intrusively mm-hmm. if you have reasonable suspicion that the person in the vehicle or someone in the vehicle has committed a crime. Otherwise, but you need a warrant. What space do you make for... Maybe they set up a barricade somewhere mm-hmm. and they are just doing a routine, whatever they call it. And then maybe they have a random way they do it. So one, two, three, four, let's check every fifth car. So that could just be a method they use. No, so no, what I'm saying is that, they, do, do, and do they have to explain to you that you they have see, reason of suspicion? You see, you see, of course, I mean, those are issues that come up legally subsequently. Mm-hmm. But you see, what this does is it undermines people's right to privacy. You need to balance that with our own collective need for security. Bernard, Bernard, what I'm saying is that I agree with the idea that there should be collective need for security. Mm. But you cannot, I believe, mm. and that's my respectful view on the matter, yeah. that stop me in the middle of my, my, my driving session to somewhere yeah. and then say that I should get down so you search the car without, first of all, having reasonable suspicion. Of but my question is, that how do you know if they have reasonable suspicion? You see, that was what happened to Sandra. Who, who established it? The law establishes that. The test is there. Okay. So maybe when you, when you are stopped, then you can test it to say, look, why did you stop me? Is it because I look like a criminal? Are you profiling me? <laughs> or did the law... You know what happened to Sander? I know. I, I'm not... I'm not obviously, I'm just saying that we have... To, everything is about balance. Mm-hmm. There is a... There, everybody has a right to personal safety. Mm-hmm. But the police also have a duty to keep us safe. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they should get... You see, that's where they have the leverage to do what they sometimes do. No, we have to just balance it. Sorry, let me go on. Don't worry. We can discuss this in the later on the show. No, no, this is not the time for this. No, 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 Bernard. Oh, I'm my brother, it's okay. You I've heard you. Hold on, hold on. Please, let me make my you point. You made your point. No, you should not be dismissive of I've, the... I've the, not dismissed it. I'm saying that we will have time to discuss it. Let me, let me it. just finish. Papa. I'm saying that you should not be dismissive of the idea because it's a very important and profound point I'm, I'm making. I have not dismissed it. I am saying Very that well. we have to balance the point with the need for our security Very and i'm well. saying i'll give you 10 minutes to bring your legal books and deliver now there's a, a question i want to read for you the ies is questioning okay the purc for the basis for their tariff increment this is on city business news but i've agreed that you already well but they're asking for the uh, justification <laughs> i want to pay well the ies okay. is asking the purc which is the public utility regulatory commission to justify why they have increased electricity prices by 30% and water by 8.3%. Mm-hmm. Now, the commission cited the city depreciation, soaring inflation, and issues with power generation as reasons for the approving the increment. But the IES, however, considers the assumptions used by the PURC on the electricity generation mix of 26.11% and 73.89% as baseless. This assumption amounts to giving priority to thermal power generation over hydro mm-hmm. given that water elevation for Bui and Akosombo generation stations had improved waterheads mm-hmm. levels and capable of producing over 35 percent. They are basically saying the assumptions are only true if we are only using thermal. Okay. If you bring hydro in, it falls flat. Okay. They are also saying they anticipated a marginal increase in tariff but not at the level that was announced. So we can look at that later on. Okay, let me tell you about some trainers who have blown 173,117 <laughs> <laughs> of steady leaf cash on page 19 mm. of the daily graphic. You know, the public accounts is always interesting too. Mm-hmm. 
listened to. So the Public Accounts Committee has directed the management of three hospitals to lodge a complaint mm-hmm. with the police for the arrest of guarantors of three former staff who have failed to honor their bonds after receiving support from the facilities. Mm-hmm. Doc, uh, the chairman of the PAC, Dr. James Klitavich, gave the directive yesterday at the committee sitting okay. in Accra. Mm-hmm. That, he said, will compel the beneficiaries to fund all money spent on their studies by the state. So this is what happened. Mm-hmm. The, the nurses got guarantees. Mm-hmm. So one hospital, for instance, spent 800 and something, uh, 80 something thousand on the nurse. Mm-hmm. And she didn't come back from the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's literally uh, 84,000. So the three hospitals have been asked to, you know, find the money. So, uh, Kolebu, Accra Psychiatric Hospital and Inkaria mm-hmm. Twansi Hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's stay with matters coming from Parliament the Committee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story in the uh, Ghanaian Chronicle, page 8, says mm-hmm. a mortuary man apparently has chopped some 77,000 oh. of government cash. And Agnes Ansar reporting from the PEC says the Public Accounts Committee of uh, Parliament has directed the Ghana Health Services to recover an amount of 77,000 um, Ghana cities mm-hmm. mortuary fees from mm-hmm. one Stephen Kwabana Battels, okay. a mortuary attendant. Now, the amount represents monies paid... Mm-hmm. On 554 dead bodies deposited at the Ifian Kwanta Hospital mortuary between January 2019. Is it dead body money you oh, chop? Charlie. <laughs> in July 2020. Now, the chairman of the PAC, Mr. James Kuchiafaji, who um, issued the directives, said the money uh, should be deducted directly from the controller and accountant general. Hmm. Uh, it goes on to provide. I like the way the PSC is mm-hmm. surcharging people, is asking people to refund. There was a, a report a couple of days ago about Kolibu as well, mm-hmm. where an amount of money had been wrongfully paid to dead people, mm-hmm. and they asked the hospital to pay back. I think that's the way to go. And now, this is important because okay. there are a lot of hospitals suffering. Yesterday, I heard a story on City Prime News, which has been repeated here on this website. Nurses threaten to withdraw services over lack of basic resources. Now, when Health professionals complain about lack of resources, not lack of money for them. Mm-hmm. They are basically saying the hospital is becoming a danger zone. I think they should be listened to. Yes. Nurses at the Tatali Sanguli District Hospital in the Northern Region are threatening to withdraw their services. Management does not provide the basic resources needed for work mm-hmm. by 23rd January. That's Monday. The nurses in a petition to management cited by City News alleged that the facility is in a very deplorable state and is negatively impacting health delivery and individual performance. Now, no drugs in the facility... All suppliers are not ready to work with the hospital for supply of drugs and consumables. Hospital theater works with no anesthesia machine. We are with this petition giving management up to 23rd January to fix the challenges. Listening to the nurse that spoke yesterday, Sky, it was so sad. I mean, you are performing CS with no anesthesia. How does that even make sense? And they, when, they, when they admit to uh, people... Every single thing the person needs, including supplies, has to be bought by the person. Now, apparently, Tatali Sanguli is near the Ghana-Togo border. Mm-hmm. They have lots of cases. Mm-hmm. And the nurse who spoke said he's putting his job on the line to make this appeal. Because, you know, a lot of times in state agencies, when you open your mouth and talk about yeah, lack of facilities, yeah, yeah. they will sack you, they will transfer you. Mm-hmm. And he said he's prepared to sacrifice because yeah. there's no way he can reasonably continue to work in a facility mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Let me add to that for you on page 12 of the Anchor newspaper in the Upper East region. Mm. There's a doctor that was also complaining yeah. because between March and September 2022, mm-hmm. kidney failure killed 15 people out of 30. Hey. Yes. 
Now, the situation, according to the health workers there, is worrying and needs urgent measures to curb it. Now, Dr. Imano Akatibo, mm-hmm. a physician specialist, made this known. Quote, he says, Since I started working in the regional hospital in March 2022 as the only physician specialist, the Department of Internal Medicine has recorded over 30 kidney failure cases that need dialysis, either as a long-term renal replacement therapy or a short course of dialysis to allow time for the kidney to recover. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this service is not available at the regional hospital, which res- which serves as the main referral center for the whole of Upper East, parts of Northeast, Burkina Faso, and Togo. Mm-hmm. Out of those who had end-stage kidney failure and needed long-term hemodialysis, only a few could afford to travel to Tamale, the nearest center for dialysis. Hmm. Wow, that's a very, very, very disturbing story. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me take you to a story on page three of the Crusading Guide, the new Crusading Guide. Mm-hmm. It's also talking about fining. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, MPA sanctions four OMCs over illicit trading. Now, the National Petroleum Authority, MPA, has sanctioned four oil marketing companies for engaging in illicit third-party trading and mm. lawful lifting of petroleum products. Mm. Now, per the sanction, Finest Oil uh, will pay a fine of 160,000 Ghana CDs, comprising 10,000 Ghana CDs for engaging in third-party uh, supplies for the first time and 150,000 Ghana CDs for the unlawful lifting of petroleum products. Failure by the company to comply will attract an additional one-man suspension of its operations. In the case of uh, Petro X, it will pay a fine of uh, 340,000 Ghana Cities comprising 10,000 Ghana cities for engaging in third party supplies hmm. for the first time and 330,000 Ghana cities for the unlawful lifting of petroleum products. Now, if uh, Petro X, X, XP fails to comply, it would attract an additional one month suspension yeah. of its operation. Uh, there's one more company, or mm-hmm. in fact, two other companies affected that is uh, Glassack Oil and then also yeah. Lily Gold Resources. Before we do international stories, there's a story that I thought would interest both of you. Mm. It's, in that it's on Star FM, Crobo Chief Questions. MPP vice chairman source of wealth. Yes, I have it. Page five, <laughs> uncle. I thought it's yeah. Maybe should read the uncle version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've been talking about this. Then 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 they keep taking Yeah, he is challenging Richie Chumberma canting. Mm-hmm. He says, "Quote: I dare Chumberma to tell us his source of income." I dare Chumberma that if he claims that he is wealthy, he should create job opportunities for the teaming youth to earn a living, mm-hmm. and not use them to dump them after he has achieved his goal. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a dispute so between the, the, the two the of them. the angle of the, the, the Star FM mm-hmm. is that the chief alleges that this person has become suddenly wealthy mm-hmm. and living an opulent lifestyle, using his money to influence people and interfering in chieftaincy matters in Yilokrobo. So, Sky, going back to police, mm-hmm. so if somebody in the jurisdiction that you studied for your master's mm-hmm. suddenly began to show a certain opulent lifestyle, yep. I think the police or the uh, or whichever agency was responsible mm-hmm. could preemptively move in mm-hmm. to check whether this person's lifestyle matches their income. Yeah, so the and that is one way you can mm-hmm. check corruption, is that not? Yeah, the position of the law in the UK or England and Wales is that there's something known as unexplained wealth. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's an assessment of how much you are earning or traditionally you've earned over the, the last, say, one year or two years. Mm-hmm. So they know how much averagely you earn from your really all your lawful sources. Mm-hmm. If there is a difference between what you earn and what you are you spending play or what you spend the law empowers the authorities to intervene hey, that law, they're here, they're like but here we don't have that I mean, I think is there no law close to that there's no it's only clement who was recently advocating clement Akapan. he's been speaking on this matter and says that there needs to be a change in the position of the law i share mm-hmm. that particular uh, because opinion. you see we, we we a lot of our our 
sort of issues have to do with after the fact. Mm-hmm. We are not able to preempt some of these things. And mm-hmm. I feel if the law has to change, it ought to change. Let me give you two quick stories from the Galamsey side of things mm-hmm. on pages 5 mm-hmm. and 8 mm-hmm. of the Anchor newspaper. Foreign nationals invade forest reserves. Oh. So there are uh, small-scale miners are reporting oh. that forest reserves in the western region, including Bekwai Denyao, Aprapramai Forest Reserve, Yaya Forest Reserve, and Bibiani Takem are all active at the moment. In fact, they said they went to Achreso. Mm. When they got there, they saw that people were going about their mining activities and degrading the forest reserves. Mm-hmm. They also went to Denyao Forest. They went to Ampunyase. Mm-hmm. They went to Biretrakrum. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, everything is Sakatu there. Mm-hmm. And then on page 8, uh, the miner says they are giving the government two weeks. If they do not clear illegal miners, they will sack them themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that on the news yesterday. I thought that was a bit troubling for uh, small-scale miners to threaten to go and remove miners from a forest if the police did not act. Mm-hmm. I thought that that is something we should be careful. Now, in the rest of Africa, Gambia's Vice President Aliu Juf dies in India. Oh, uh, he was said, we were told he had pro poor uh, views. But his name is Bandara Aliu Juf. He died in India while seeking medical treatment. Mm. His death was confirmed in a statement on Wednesday morning by the uh, office of the president in Banjul. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Juf is the first Gambian vice president to die in office. He reportedly suffered from a brief illness, but there was no word on the exact cause of his death. Mm-hmm. However, rumors of his ill health began circulating in December last year. He reportedly stopped appearing in public shortly after he returned from a visit to the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus in December. Charlie. And uh, he was a teacher, served as Minister for Education in the Barra administration before he was appointed vice president. So wow. sounds a tragic one. May he so rest in perfect. Yeah. Um, just next door we're told that the court has dismissed a suit seeking Tinubu's disqualification. So he's in the race? Yeah he's in the race. So it's a three horse race. Yeah. We'll focus on we'll focus on the Nigeria's election. <laughs> And then, the candidates make me happy. just on Africa, <laughs> Tanzania and Kenya have continued their fight. Now, Tanzania is barring Kenyan firm for harvesting unripe avocados. <laughs> this is, these stories are all coming avocados up. Avocados are a big deal for the Kenyan yes. economy. And then, globally, uh-huh. uh, bond sales are surging. Mm-hmm. Lots of people are lending to government. Okay. I'm not sure if you can say the same in Ghana. Yeah, because we have damaged the whole market. Yes. <laughs> This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. City Business News coming up next, brought to you by MTN. People still hear that door caller tune when they call you. MTN wants you to know that you can still bring some life to your caller ring back tone with some of your favorite music. If you enjoy high life hip hop, high. Uh, hip life or gospel then simply dial star 1355 hash to choose from a wide range of music options and that's it everyone who calls you gets to listen and dance to your favorite music too get a dope caller ring back tune today and enjoy life only on MTN Kalakura is back here with City Business News good morning good morning Bernard hello and welcome to the City Breakfast edition of the City Business News proudly brought to you by MTN Girl Enterprise Life, your advantage access bank more than banking and powered by our most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up, Finance Minister Kendo Furiata confidence government will reach finality with debt exchange program soon. Also, Institute of Energy Securities, IES, describes recent proposed increase in utilities by the PRC as exorbitant.
details of our stories now and the finance minister Kendo Foriata has expressed confidence that government will be able to reach some finality soon with a debt exchange program and by extension secure a deal with the International Monetary Fund IMF. This comes as the Joint Technical Committee comprising representatives of the Ministry of Finance and the individual bondholders opposing the inclusion in the domestic debt exchange program is expected to begin work later today. The team was formed on Wednesday following a meeting between the two parties on how to address concerns relating to the domestic debt exchange program. The two groups have thus expressed commitments in finding an amicable solution to their differences as far as the domestic debt exchange program is concerned. We can uh, indeed um, circle the wagons and work within our limitations but ensure that we all come out ahead somewhat even with our limited um, resources. Um, So once again, uh, let me emphasize um, that uh, indeed um, uh, the program that we have um, is voluntary. What do we all have to do um, to be able to put our shoulders to the heel? And some are more vulnerable than others, and therefore some will contribute uh, more than others. Uh, but we'll find a way to get a formula, you know, that protects um, the most vulnerable and ensures that uh, we still end up being able to secure um, an agreement um, with the fund uh, in a way in which we'll have an orderly um, adjustment um, to our macros, our physical, and build a stronger country. Finance Minister Kendo Foriata, meanwhile, convener of the Ghana Individual Bondholders Forum, Senor Hosi, is optimistic that the work of the committee will create a common ground to address the challenges of stakeholders in the domestic debt exchange program. The consensus to have a technical team review the options that we have proposed is very welcome. And we look forward to working with your team Um, as indicated, for us to find a common path forward. We have clearly maintained our argument that we constitute a very small portion of the pie, which we believe should not hurt. But the impact on this subsector is the harshest. We commit to working with you on your plans to improve your revenue generation, to working with you on the ways to rationalize the expenditure sustainably and also manage the general Ghanaian expectation. Convener of the Ghana Individual Bondholders Forum, Senor Hosi. Economist Professor Lord Mensah has expressed optimism in a possible review of some of the modifications to the terms of the domestic debt exchange program by the technical team to be conveyed by the finance ministry and the individual bondholders. This follows a meeting between the Ministry of Finance and leaders of the individual bondholders group and other stakeholders at the finance ministry yesterday to find an amicable solution to some concerns about the domestic debt exchange program. Professor Lord Mensah believes that government's move to finally engage the individual bondholders will restore confidence to bondholders. There's a step in the right direction. I think uh, this was supposed to be done earlier, before even the announcement of the debt exchange. Uh, this is what is expected of a bond contract because it's a counterparty you know, kind of engagement and for which if there's going to be any you know, change to the um, engagement, uh, both parties must be in the know for them to come to a compromise. Convergent point. I'm very happy 
in our environment, uh, this was a shock because uh, we've never experienced any single digit um, in interest on any of our instruments past. So how come, you know, if you are restructuring debt, then you will go by 0% in, in, in 2023 and then 5% 2024. So the whole thing that needs to be reviewed and uh, to make both parties, you know, comfortable, the whole exchange. Uh, not to say that we don't need the exchange. We need it, I mean, to have, you know, that fiscal space for the entire country. And uh, so if you are proposing something, it shouldn't be one-sided. And uh, the two-sided agreement that have been, you know, uh, drumming of is what uh, we are seeing now. And hopefully, uh, maybe something good will come out of it. Professor Lord Mensah also asked both parties to avoid any elongated discussions in reaching a compromise. They can take position because uh, if you look at the dynamic, really, you don't buy the government uh, a new exchange. Your bond will be a junk bond. And uh, junk bonds don't have mass. And unfortunately for our country, it's only government that issues bonds. So if you're holding such an instrument, you don't get anywhere to sell it. And so you may end up going to court by court. And if you don't take care, I know, I mean, they'll be doing that kind of collective legal, you know, assessment and all those. But, I mean, if you don't take care, the cost involved, you know, may end up swallowing the entire... Professor Lord Mensah is an economist. Now, the Institute for of Energy Securities, IES, says the increment in utility tariffs by the Public Utilities and Regulatory Commission, PRC, is exorbitant considering the current economic situation. The PRC this week announced an upward adjustment in electricity and water tariffs by 29.96% and 8.3%, respectively, effective February 1, 2023. The IES insists that the Regulatory Commission should have reviewed the rate below 20% instead of the nearly 30% increment Adam Yakubu is a research analyst at the Institute of Energy Securities. Today we have 83.10, 179 meters above sea level for Akosombo and we respectively. And you tell us that we can only generate 26% of our... We realize that the PURC made some assumptions, some four key assumptions. That is the CD exchange rate, the inflation, then some water average cost of gas, then the energy mix. Our concern is on the energy mix bit of it because the energy mix, the, the computation they use or the assumption they use was that uh, thermal should give us 73.89, then hydro would do 26.11% of the generation. But we think that given the data we have from Akosombo and Bui, our hydro generation should go about 38%. That will then give the thermal generation some 62%. Adam Yakubu is a research analyst at the Institute of Energy Securities. Zenith Bank seizes... Uh, Zenith Bank Ghana Limited, a licensed trustee that engages in trustee activities in the securities industry and capital market in Ghana, has voluntarily requested to seize its unit trust services in the country. A statement issued by the bank, however, noted that all other businesses within the capital market are operational. This comes on the back of a statement issued by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, on Wednesday, which noted that the bank had willingly requested to stop providing trusteeship services in 
in Ghana. The SEC noted that the reasons why Zenith Bank had decided to opt out of such a scheme are readily not known. It further noted that the SEC, after a thorough assessment of the circumstances, approved the voluntary cessation of business of Zenith Bank Ghana Limited as a licensed trustee. Zenith Bank Limited is no longer mandated to carry out any trustee activities within the securities industry. Now, on the interbank foreign exchange market where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar gained a peso and is selling at 10 CDs, 36 pesos. The British pound gained 14 pesos and is selling at 12 CDs, 85 pesos. The euro also gained a peso and is selling at 11 CDs, 3 pesos. Be guided that these figures will be higher at a forex bureau near you. Let's now join Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank for the latest updates on the bonds market. Bond market opened the week on a positive note, recording a total volume traded of 486.84 million Ghana cities. Trade concentration of short life bonds declined to 73% from 98% last week. The data bank bond index slipped to 81.11 points, accounting for a year-to-date loss of 0.18%. At Friday's Treasury Bill auction, the Ghanaian Treasury seeks to raise 2.42 billion Ghana cities to refinance estimated maturities worth 2.22 billion Ghana cities. That was Mark Jordan Sikanate of Data Bank, and that does it for the breakfast edition of the City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle, Enterprise Live, your advantage, and Access Bank more than banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Caleb Kuda. Do have a good business day. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So it's 30 minutes past 7, City Breakfast Show. Two quick uh, updates based on what we're discussing on this part review. Uh, the story about a Krobo chief complaining about the unexplained wealth of some uh, vice chairman. I'm told there are two relevant laws. So Act 959 empowers the Office of the Special Prosecutor to investigate and disgorge, is that a word? Any unexplained wealth. So uh, that's thank you for that, uh, Charles or Carl. Act 959, we'll look into that closely. And then I'm also told that the AML Act 2020, which is the Anti-Money Laundering Act, Act 1044, speaks to unexplained wealth. Uh, so so we'll, we'll look at those two acts to see whether they are being used the way they ought. The issue of unexplained wealth. We'll also delve deeper into the issue of um, police and their searches because I am, I am being told that the uh, the, the, the applicable law is the Criminal Procedure Act and then this is produced in the Ghana Police Service Standard Operating Procedures so um, the police need a reasonable cause to believe that something wrong has happened before they do the search and even in doing the search there's a way they have to do it and all of this is in response to that circulating audio which now the police say the, the, the man just made the whole thing up Right, but we still feel there's a discussion to be had around the way the police manage these searches and where how they mount these stops and whether there's a method to it. All of that coming up uh, in the in the course of the show. Uh, but before all of that, it's time for kickoff, and it's brought to us by Lesheho. If you've not updated your records yet with us, well, the BOG is directing that the Ghana card is now the only accepted form of identification for all financial transactions. 
visit any Leshaho branch near you to update your records with the Ghana card to enable us to save you better and faster. Call or WhatsApp 057-4065-958 or call 0302-208-333. Leshaho, let's improve life. Good morning and welcome to kick off your 97.3 City FM. My name is Daniel Kranting. In the headlines, Ghana's Black Galaxies take on Sudan in their final group game at the 2022 Chan. Needed a win to stand a chance of progressing. And Manchester United miss a chance to go second in the Premier League as Manchester City take on Tottenham Hotspur later tonight. Let's start off with Ghana's Black Galaxies and they will later today take on Sudan in their final Group C match of the 2022 Chan in Algeria following Morocco's withdrawal from the competition. After 2-1 defeat to Madagascar in their opening game of the tournament, Ghana must now produce a win against Sudan to stand a chance of progressing to the next stage. The game will kick off at 7pm Ghana time in Constantine and Black Galaxies head coach Anna Walker says his team will do everything possible to secure all three points. Of course, yes, we played Madagascar last Sunday, we lost um, a painful defeat, uh, which uh, have worried us uh, so much. Uh, tomorrow is our next game, and like you are saying, it's a must win. We also know it's a must win, as uh, we will not be uh, with ourselves. So. Tomorrow we are going into the, this game with all that we can to win the match tomorrow. You had Black Galaxy's head coach, Arnold Walker, speaking there. It's on Ghana Premier League news now. In former Midyama Sporting Club midfielder Rashid Norte has completed a move to Premier League champions Kumasi Asante Kotoko on a free transfer. Norte has signed a two-and-a-half-year deal with the Porcupine Warriors until 2025. The midfielder left Midyama earlier this month as a free agent after his contract ended last month. Norte made over 100 appearances during his stay at the Takwa Base Club, where he was voted Midyama Player of the Season back in 2021. Moving on, in the Director General of the National Sports Authority, Professor Peter Trumis, he has defended their decision to rent out the Accra Sports Stadium for social events during the festive period. The NSA received huge criticism for prioritizing political, religious, and musical concerts over the Best Power Premier League at the National Edifice. Speaking at the Public Accounts Committee hearing, Professor Trumis insists that the NSA's decision was necessitated by its insufficient annual budget. Yes, the, the, what we generate uh, helps to repair. For, for damage to the, the, the facility, I think uh, I would say uh, it's not really of a burden. The, the positive aspect of revenue generation, which is very uh, positive for the running of the organization, especially when you look at the last year, the budget that you approved for us, uh, by end of it, we... We realize that the goods and services receive only about 287,000. So this, this IGF arrangement that we do are harmless to the, 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 the infrastructure and it's a good way of the organization also to generate revenue. Yes. 
You hear the Director General of the National Sports Authority, Professor Peter Trumis, he's speaking there. Let's do some Premier League news now in Crystal Palace's Michael Olise scored a stunning last-minute free kick to deny Manchester United a victory that would have taken them second in the Premier League. United won calls for their 10th successive win after Bruno Fernandes scored just before halftime, but Olise struck it in dramatic style with a brilliant curling free kick to ensure a point apiece. The draw does take Man United above Newcastle into third, but keeps them behind rivals Manchester City, who play at home to Tottenham Hotspur later today. Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag spoke after the game. Uh, it is disappointed when uh, one unlucky moment uh, that you concede a goal like this and then there's um, almost no time anymore uh, to go for the win. Yeah? Almost. Because we had still we had two opportunities and, and there was a big chance I think from the corner with uh, Bruno and with Casemiro. But yeah, when you uh, concede a goal just beforehand, then it's less time. And uh, I think it was unnecessary. I think we had to go early on and go for the second goal. It's quite clear when you're 1-0 up and you're totally in control in the game. And, uh, but in football, you know, one moment can change uh, everything. And you have seen today and that uh, the result of the game was by one unlucky moment change. Uh, although we control the game. That was Manchester United boss Eric Ten Hag speaking there. There's live Premier League action on 97.3 City FM later tonight where Manchester City hosts Tottenham Hotspur at the Etihad Stadium in an outstanding fixture. Both sides coming to the encounter on the back of defeats in their various local derbies over the weekend. Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola says his team is fully focused on recording a win against Tottenham Hotspur. Especially next game. So we are not able now right now to think about it and big expectations apart of win the next game. And after the the competition will dictate if they are once in front is because they are solid, they are good in all departments and they deserve to be there. They were better than us so far. So but there's still many games to play. It's how we come back and start to win the next game. It's the only important thing. Always when we're behind us say don't think about it too catch up Liverpool who was in front in the last years or just think and win next game and after we'll see what happens. We have been in this position many times in the past. Many, many times. Not the first time we are there. I've never been relaxed even when I eight points in front. So before the game or during the game never. That was Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola speaking there. Tottenham who are pushing for a place in the top four um, they also need a win against Manchester City but their manager Antonio Conte believes you need luck to be able to beat Pep Guardiola's side. To win against Manchester City, uh, you have to try to don't don't make uh, uh, mistakes because you know you know for sure. And when you go to you are going to play against Manchester City, the ball position will be 70, 75 uh, for for them. And you have a 25, 30 percent of the the ball in in possession. And uh, in this uh, period, you have to be very good. Uh, to move the ball well and uh, to create chance to, to to score but you know and you are playing against uh, i think the, the 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 best team in the world in this uh, in this moment and uh, it will be very difficult last season we were good we showed the great resilience also in this type of game uh, you need also a bit of, of lucky to to try to have a good result against this type of, of team 
Now, Tottenham Hotspur manager Antonio Conte speaking there. Now, Inter Milan beat rivals AC Milan 3-0 to win the Italian Super Cup in Saudi Arabia last night. Federico Di Marco put the Serie A champions ahead after just 10 minutes when he tapped in a Nicolo Barella cross. Edin Dzeko made it 2-0 halfway through the first half before Lautaro Martinez wrapped up the win in the 77th minute. AC Milan were denied a consolation goal in stoppage time where Ante Rebic's effort hit the top of the crossbar. This is the first time Inter have beaten AC Milan in an Italian Cup final, having lost the Coppa Italia back in 1977 and the Italian Super Cup back in 2011. That brings an end to kick off your 97.3 City FM. My name is Daniel Cranting. For more sports news, this is citysportsonline.com. Kickoff was brought to you by the Shell. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. And I hope say you feel the same All these things when you got Me, I'm ready to buy When I pull up, it's a G-Wag And I want you to be my mom Oh, I pull it, I pull it Come and show me that you love me Me, I know you carry your love, the baby Me, I know you carry your love, the baby I pull it, I pull it Come and show me that you love me I see one, if you're big, I know chase her. She won't give me something, I know take her. If you know the you need my paper, baby. oh baby. I know the fake I'm look. Don't you ever say you wanna break up? Baby girl, you know wanna be fake I'm Promise me before my press I send a rater. City Breakfast Show. It's Thursday, the 19th of January. Thank you for staying with us on a City Breakfast Show. Don't forget, we are still within the Effective Living series. And I'm loving the feedback I'm getting. A number of people were asking for the contact to my guest for yesterday. Well, this morning, we continue with the Effective Living series. And my guest is Reverend Kuku Faridazi. And we will be looking at making successful career transitions. And I feel it's a very, very important topic. He has consulted for a lot of companies globally. He's now a pastor, but he has deep, deep insights into career issues. You don't want to miss that at 9 o'clock. Reverend Kuku Feridazi, my guest on making successful career transitions, particularly at a time where we've had people consider their options. I've had people resign from banks to start farming businesses. I've had people leave multinationals to start their own small business. I've had people start a media career after many, many years working in other fields and i've also had media people transition into corporate communications 
and into football administration. I have a friend who's a bank, who used to be a banker and now is a football scout, you know, and I've had journalist friends who've moved out of the country and come back and they are doing consulting. So career transitions are very important and I, you don't want to miss that at nine o'clock and it's probably brought to you by Enterprise, your advantage. And Hallmark Freight and Logistics. Speaking about enterprise, this year's enterprise motor insurance promo is different. Buy or renew your motor insurance with enterprise and win instant gifts such as fewer coupons, branded gift items, and qualify for the monthly raffle draws with amazing rewards. What's more, when you buy your motor insurance from enterprise, you can win an iPhone 14, a washing machine, high pressure car washer, vacuum cleaner, auto tire inflator, and in the final month, a premium crotch rocket motorbike. Call your insurance broker, your agent, or visit an enterprise branch for your motor insurance. Get free fuel coupons and be the possible winner of these amazing rewards at our monthly raffle draws. Don't forget this promo is uh, regulated by the National Lottery Authority on the Caritas Lottery Platform. Enterprise, your advantage. Now, the steady UK campaign uh, delivered by the British Council in partnership with the UK government's Great Britain campaign is delighted to announce the launch of the Great Scholarships. Mm-hmm. Now, two of the members of this uh, panel are beneficiaries of scholarships to the United Kingdom. Mm. You went to China. Mm. Kukui was in the US. Mm-hmm. But 13 universities have partnered with the British Council and the UK government's Great Britain campaign to offer 13 scholarships Uh as part of the program. Investors include University of Bolton, University of Kent, University Mm. of York, University of Westminster, Mm. Sussex, Essex, St. Andrews, Derby, East Anglia, Bolton, Bolton is repeated actually, Uh, Banga, it's, mm. it's spelled Bango, but it's pronounced Banga. Banga yeah. And then Q, school. Q University. Yeah. Now, the scholarships are worth a minimum of £10,000. Hey! £10,000. Where do I sign up? Tourist tuition fee for one year postgraduate taught course in the UK. How do you sign up? Well, there's a, an information session for today, mm-hmm. 19 January. There's one on 16 February mm-hmm. and another on 16 March. How do you get to know about the information session? Go to the um, British Council website Mm -hmm. or simply search for Steady UK Great Scholarships. Mm. Yeah, and you get the link for the for the information session. So if you're you're looking for a scholarship to study in the UK, there are 13 big scholarships worth at least £10,000. And I'm a scholarship beneficiary, so I need to tell you that Charlie, studying on scholarship is very good. (laughs) Yes. You know what? It makes your life easy. No, yeah, because, you know, some of my friends who were sort of funding themselves, yeah. It wasn't easy, and some of them had to work to combine with schooling, and it's not ideal to do that. Yeah, I, so, I remember there were times when yeah. my my scholarship grants would just drop into the account, and yeah. suddenly I'm, you, you just assume you are rich. Yeah. And then I see some of my mates who have to work, yeah. you know, try to make up for school fees, and like it's not easy. Yeah. And now that we're on the subject of education, I'll, 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 I'll repeat something I've said that. You know, people have been looking for where to invest. And in fact, next week, Thursday, my guest on Effective Living Series, we're talking mm-hmm. about where do you invest your money now? Mm-hmm. Seeing that everything is gone bonkers. Everything is challenging. Now, I want to submit that investing in people, you see, people, it seems like strange, but go for it. If I gave you a 17-year-old person who mm-hmm. just finished SSS, yeah. and the person maybe passed, I read seven, mm. And then you invested 15,000 CDs every academic year for their medical training. Mm. 
at yeah. UHAS. Yeah. And in seven years time, they became a doctor. Yeah. And then they specialized to become, say, like um, pediatrician, right? Or obstetrician, or some orthopedics. Yeah. Ten years later, twenty years later, somebody has an accident and they have a bone issue. And then you go to this hospital and this person who was walking around like some languid 17-year-old with no serious future is the orthopedic surgeon performing the surgery. Now, how much value can you place on that? Yeah. You know? Or you pick somebody who could have ended up as a junkie and this person trains to become a teacher and is teaching, I mean, mentoring lots of young people to change their lives. So a lot of times people want to put money into houses, so a lot of rich people I know have many houses. I'm told they have people have like 200 houses, 50 houses. I hope in getting those houses today, have human beings, they've, they've, they've paid scholarships for people they've trained. Because I think that if you put money into education, the rewards will outlive you. You know, I mean, people like John Mensah Saba, look at legacies, like my family, my, my, my great-great-grandfather, no, great-great-grandfather on the maternal side, so one of the first few people who were educated by Lawrence Wolf, who came to Ghana 1847. He came to Peki to, 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 to set up the EP church. And because that man got educated, all his children got educated. And my family has a lot of educated people and we're all here. You know, I'm probably here because of that man. Just one person being educated. So I just want to appeal to people who have means. When we come to you to say, look, contribute to things like cope, it's not because we are just looking for money to make a name. Educating a person is really one of the greatest investments. Making somebody get a good, wholesome education is absolutely priceless. It's absolutely priceless. So in all the things we, we invest in, in stocks and bonds, in houses and lands and cars yeah. and in businesses. What else do people invest in? In, sh- in whatever shops, whatever you want to invest in. Invest in it. I mean, look at, I always use cars as an example. I mean, I mean look, look at look at the human being. Very troublesome. Tell But it's such a significant <laughs> I mean, contributor to society. So for me, I want to say, look, those who have excess, those, those who have money wondering what to do in the time where there's a lot of uncertainty, Find a good scholarship and support. Build a school. Build a classroom block. Mm-hmm. Do something. Because if you take young people of today, a lot of them are in the value of decision. And it sometimes it takes a simple scholarship to change a person's life completely. Mm-hmm. So let's not see investment in education as an expenditure. Let's see it as an, Don't expense it. Make it an investment. So if you give 100,000 CDs to COPE, don't say oh, it's just charity. Record it as an investment. He said, cast your bread upon the water and it shall return to you after many days. Hmm? So even though uh, Kafui hasn't asked me to do this, you, you may want to um, get in touch with us to, to donate to COPE. Because this year, the school fees have gone up everywhere. People are sending me results. I don't have money to pay. So let's, let's deal with that. Let's also talk about something before I continue with the discussion of investment. Prospectus Ghana is introducing a new short code. Star... 447 star 899 hash. Now, this short code is to help parents and guardians make payments by installments towards items required for the awards school admission. All right, you remember when you went to form one, mm-hmm. you remember the prospectus you were given, mm-hmm. 
and your mother had to go and sell things to Just buy. And they, they saw the things on the prospectus. Chaliwati, cutlass, cloth, all kinds of things. Well, prospectus is making it easy for you to make installment payments to get those items. Now, investing in your child's education is very important. Uh, it can be financially burden some to buy things in bulk at the beginning. So the Prospectus Ghana short code has been made available to help parents and guardians manage these economic times. Now, we also have a one-stop shop for all school items. And we are a supplier of good quality brand chalk, white A4 sheets for all printing jobs, right? So our A4 sheets, high quality. We are on the graphic road opposite Toyota Ghana. You may also call us on 0500-600-607. 0500-600-607. Prospectus Ghana, your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery. Prospectus Ghana, your one-stop shop for all school items and stationery. All right. Um, where do we start from? Sky, I, I, I want to my, my personal beef is the Tatali Sanguli Hospital, but I feel you wanted to, to throw a bit more light on the police thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so please do that. Yes, I'll, I'll do that. You want to give me legal? I'll, I'll do that. Ah, okay. but ben, you want to do a birthday? Your, yeah, there's, there's one small birthday okay. dedication I want to do for uh, okay. a young woman who is always listening okay. to us. And I guess that actually, if we do this for her, it will okay. actually blow her mind. So the birthday dedication is going out to... Um, Okay, it says that we would like to wish our beautiful, funny, caring daughter, Lynn Alice Matruk, mm-hmm. 13th uh, or happy 13th birthday. God bless or may God continue to bless her. Mm-hmm. We wish you long life filled with happiness and success. Mm-hmm. Your loving parents and brother is coming in from your father, Anthony, and the rest of the family. All right. you know, she's always listening to us. And there's also <laughs> another one here. <laughs> wish my son, Kendricks Kekeli, mm-hmm. Senna here. Happy 10th birthday. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, Kendra Fafali Senna here. Mm-hmm. Happy 8th birthday in advance. Mm-hmm. Wish them God's guidance and protection from their dad, Julian, of Unique Cellular, their mom, Linda, of ECG Adenta, and their two favorite grand-uncles, mm-hmm. Kwesi and Davis Corbo. I like this one. So, Kendricks Kekeli, mm-hmm. you are 10, and Kendra Fafali. Mm-hmm. They sound like twins, but they are not. <laughs> <laughs> you are 8. Happy birthday to you from your dad, your mom, and from your grand-uncles. Mm-hmm. And then, let me send birthday wishes 40th mm. to Gordon Sa. All right. Yeah, today's oh, Gordon. Yeah, yeah God, today's Gordon. Kayatos. Yeah. Uh, Saji Group, you know. Yeah. Had a few things. Gordon Sai is a really avid listener. He yeah. went to one of the banks. Yeah, Access. Access Bank is a really yeah. nice guy. Yeah. So, um, happy birthday to him. Gordon, happy birthday to you. Sugar cane sweet, but can your love is sweeter? Yeah. Oh, Sopolo juice mixed with a little ginger, yeah Okay, oh, I wanna be with you But you know they got enough time for me I wanna live with you I get it easy way I can't let go Can you never just save your congressman Man, I'm so bad to find your love Can you never just save your congressman Oh, 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 yeah Can you never just save your 
no say all of my niggas them poor. Nothing you could ever ever need at all. But you only know what you do do. Taking it a brick at them, you know the wrong. So baby, if you want me, catch it up with my miss away from me. Yeah, yeah. Show me your chicken, let me see. The woman that is sweet. I put a couple thousand dollars on your piece. I'm a, I'm a, they can't touch you. Yeah, I ain't never seen this on you, baby. So I ain't let me some fine words. You know I'm not just trying to get in it. Cause I'm just kind, do it for some kind. Baby, make a fire you with my machine gun. Sixteen pounds, happy king. So 743 on City Breakfast Show. So a uh, couple of things before we get into the... Yeah, you know, yesterday... Uh, stop and frisk. Yeah, <laughs> just that. Um, you know, we've, we, you and I have been having conversations about democracy. And yesterday you, you, you made a very interesting point about mm-hmm. leadership systems and yes. what works. And you, these days you are thinking really deeply <laughs> about that. So I woke up this morning mm-hmm. uh, catching up on the news and Jacinda Ardern. Who's you that? know, New Zealand's Prime Minister. What did she say? Uh, she's resigned. Why did she resign? She's stepping as she no longer has the stomach. She feels she's done as much as she can do. Wow. So she's stepping well, she's stepping down, basically. Wow. And there's a quote that stood out for me, considering you know, and she said that uh she was she was hoping that she had left New Zealand New Zealanders with the belief that you can be your own kind of leader. Wow. One who knows when it's time to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, it was, I, I, it's something that I've pondered Confirm. over. You know, it's not as if we don't have people like that here. <laughs> Just that, here, yeah, no, even if you do, I was like, oh, well, I share with you too. No, the question is, are they resigning? Where eat what? That's what they tell you. You know. So I, I just pondered Confirm. over it. But so she resigned. think about it. So she she's stepping down, basically, because, like, she's not because she, of any scandal or anything. No, no, no. She feels she's taking the country as far as she can take it. Wow. As a leader. Wow. She's been in charge for six years. So you have to be true to yourself. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, he says, I'm le- I, I hope that I left New Zealanders with the belief that you can mm. be your own kind of leader. Mm. One who knows when it's time to go. And right. this is not even just in the political, in the political sphere, just generally. Okay. The one who knows when it's time to go. Yeah. You know. No, I like that. I, I like that. Uh, maybe later we'll discuss your legacy. Yeah. I feel there's a, a lot in this story about a, a, an audio that was circulated um, quite many times, or circulated uh, widely, that's the word I wanted to do, widely, on some alleged act of police uh, planting narcotics in somebody's car boot. Mm-hmm. And most people who heard it forwarded it to me and other people they know because they're like, this is so bad, this is so terrible, this is so unpatriotic, this one professional. Yeah. So the police issued a statement first. Yeah. If you have the original statement of the police, you can read it for me. Yes, so I have the police statement. And it says, that's yesterday, said the police investigate audio tape on alleged unprofessional conduct of some police officers. One, the attention of the police service has been drawn to an audio tape in which it is alleged some police officers planted substances suspected to be narcotics in a vehicle of a member of the public and attempted to extort money from him. To the police administration immediately launched investigations to the matter and our initial checks at the stations mentioned in the audio. East Legon and the Accra Central Police Stations have revealed that no such complaint had been made there. Three, as part of the investigation, the police have also contacted the Narcotics Control Commission and the Ghana Armed Forces, and both institutions have indicated that no such incident has come to their attention. Mm. Four, 
The investigation is still ongoing, and so for all of us to identify the victim of the alleged incident, the said Dr. Patrick Siodu, have been unsuccessful. We therefore wish to entreat the victim and any other person with relevant information on the incident to contact telephone number, and then is the phone number, to assist the police investigation. This is a temporary number dedicated solely to this investigation. That's why they didn't mention the number. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five, we would like to assure the public that the police service in this quest to become an institution worthy of respect Mm -hmm. and trust in the country and a reference point for the rest of the world will not condone any unprofessional conduct among its officers and the service is determined to get to the bottom of this matter. Six, mm-hmm. we'd like to once again urge the public to continue to support us in our transformational journey. Then, uh, uh, nine hours this, ago... This was issued yesterday. Yesterday, mm-hmm. yes. Then nine hours ago, mm-hmm. uh, they issued another statement. Police arrest suspect hmm. behind viral so audit. So he's no longer a victim, now a suspect. Yes. <laughs> Making false in nine hours against some police officers. One, mm-hmm. the police today, 18 January 2023, have arrested a man suspected to be the person in the audio tape describing an alleged elaborate incident of criminal behavior on the part of the police. Two, in the audio tape that has been widely circulated, the man who introduced himself as Dr. Patrick Isidu, claimed that he had been stopped by some police officers who planted substances suspected to be narcotics in his car and attempted to extort money from him. Three, police investigations so far have established that the man who has been arrested and is in police custody is indeed called Patrick Isidu. Hmm. He's an Uber driver and not a doctor. Four, the investigations show that the entire story narrated in the audio tape is false Mm -hmm. and a total fabrication by Hmm. the suspect. Five, the supposed military intervention and the alleged fight between the police officers and the military described in such dramatic detail in the audio tape are all false and a figment of the suspect's imagination. Six, equally false are the vivid descriptions of having been taken to the Accra Central and East Legon police stations as well as the Narcotics Control Commission. The claims of fingerprints being taken are also untrue. Seven, the elaborate descriptions the person gave. Yes. Patrick uh, Patrick the suspect, however, alleged that he had once witnessed a similar incident to what he described in the audio tape and happened to one of his passengers. And uh, so he's now saying it happened to somebody. Yes, that he was. Why did he describe it in the first person? (laughs) Then, me eight, meanwhile, also claimed that he was a doctor. Hold on, number eight. Meanwhile, in another audio tape that has come to the attention of the police, the suspect alleges to have met with the IGP. <laughs> we wish to categorically state that this <laughs> is also false and should be disregarded. Maybe they should examine him. Investigations yeah, I think all those things would have to be are done. still ongoing and suspect Patrick Esidu is currently in police custody with birth to face justice. Mm-hmm. Signed by Grace and San Krufi, Assistant Commissioner of Police, Director of Public Affairs. Let me first of all congratulate the Ghana Police Service yeah. for this. Uh, quick, 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 quick one. You see, because um, the speed with which they dealt with this was required based on what this audio and the sky alluded to that this morning this audio was circulated a million times yeah. like my mother sent me the audio she's, 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 she was like i want police phone i was i was, I was at the desk working Charlie. on the police phone here you know so the speed with which the police moved and the clarity in the statement to try and assuage yes. the public sphere yeah and to yeah. try and restore confidence it was very very rapid was very rapid and it's essential now, my second take on this is the abuse of social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are a lot of people who are doing all kinds of things using social media platforms. And I'll get to Sky's point about what we're trying to do. But I, for me, I, for one, want to take it from the perspective of what this person tried to do. This person assumed that he had the safety of his phone with him. 
mm-hmm. basically, I'm going to record this, send it out there. Without thinking of the, without thinking of the consequences, one, two, you know, it had a lot of repercussions. Because it, it can had, be potentially, it, yeah, it's very dangerous. You see, be. because what happened is now, as soon as a policeman stops somebody, the person is on the defensive because a lot of Ghanaians had heard this and they were that he was traumatized and he yes. was on bed. Hey, all these things came up. No, no, he was. You understand? Allegedly, Uber. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm happy that the police have been able to move in, uh-huh. but people need to be careful because we are having a lot more of these incidents. It does not mean that the concerns are not genuine, but I'm also saying that we, we, we also need to be a bit more cautious of what we do and some of the things we put out there because there is a lot of fear-mongering out You there. know what is so painful for me? He has damaged what probably is a legitimate case for, for some people up on because yeah. I have had people complain to me. Yes, I've also had that people this complain has to, to me. them. Mm-hmm. So for you to, for now we have been told it's false mm-hmm. with no basis, do such a thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you have said somebody told me this had happened to them, suppose yeah. you be careful, it's not the same. same yeah. But you now claim to have experienced them. You it's put not yourself true. at the heart you know, of so the experience. Now what that does is that it reduces the seriousness for the next person. It's like the man who cries wolf. Yeah, because I'm sure calls. there are people who can call in and say, Aloski, I have experienced this. Mm-hmm. Oh, several. You see? But this has weakened that case. Exactly. And it, so people should know, you see, the truth should not be compromised on the basis of convenience or just to be popular. Mm-hmm. If somebody told you something that you think is serious, tell us that somebody told, told you. Told you, yes. But don't, don't, don't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, because what you've done now is the police are, ah, so another one. These days, you want to spoil so, our and you know what could happen? Mm-hmm. Was, oh, now we are even going to be clamping down on. Because see, the police everywhere are becoming less tolerant in fact, governments everywhere are becoming very intrusive and very... Um, I mean, UK police is looking for a new law to stop protests that they consider to be violent. German police... You know, the, the whole thing is becoming... We are supposed to be in a democracy, but the police are assuming this form, mm-hmm. which is becoming very domineering mm-hmm. in the name of security, because insecurity is rising. So you should not toy with something as important as this. Mm-hmm. You know? They should examine the guy's head, and then whatever they do to him, he must be advised not to do it again. Well, and those who ever do such a thing should be advised. That, you see, the, the issue of raising an alarm is so critical. Look at what happened to Maru Sander. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't use this for your five minutes of fame. Yep. Having said that, I'm coming back to you because mm-hmm. I do believe that there's a legitimate concern about the way the police go about their work mm-hmm. in terms of which unit is even doing the check? Today you are driving, you see some group of policemen. They've parked their car in some very precarious corner. They are holding guns. Some are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And they say they are checking something. Mm-hmm. Next week you see another group wearing camouflage type thing be in some other corner waiting to catch you for traffic. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course there's the, I mean, in the Christmas period, there was a day I was driving around 12 midnight going to drop some people. Mm-hmm. Charlie, long traffic from Pyramid House all the way to police headquarters. Why? Some police people have set up a barricade and they're just flashing touchlights and looking at people's faces. You know there are like 10 events in town. This is like 29 December. Mm-hmm. So many events happening. People are reveling. I'm not saying don't do your work. Mm-hmm. You block the road and cause a lot of traffic and you're just shining touch in people's faces. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, so there, there has to be some... We need to... You know, because... Criminals can also pretend to be doing checks. Exactly. And I feel the police themselves need to let us know which of these actions are sanctioned and which are not. Mm-hmm. And which of them are legal and which is not. Because I've seen police people, some of them, they are up to no good. 
Okay. They just park their car in some corner, mm-hmm. some random Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. and they say they are checking something. And they are stopping cars with DV. And then they are just saying, yeah, Masa, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Come here, what is this? <laughs> but, uh, so, <laughs> before I, I, I deal with uh, that matter and, and my respective views on the matter, let me, let me just quickly draw your attention to, regarding the publication that the gentleman mm-hmm. is reported to have made, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that if the police intend to proceed against him, they mm-hmm. may well be using Section 208 of um, our laws, which is the uh, Criminal Offences Act of uh, Ghana and Domestic Violence Act of 2007, mm-hmm. which is Act um, 7. Three, two, mm-hmm. and section uh, 208 precisely deals with the question of false publication and mm-hmm. with your permission mm-hmm. I can just quote uh, the two uh, sections relevant for the purpose of mm-hmm. uh, this particular discussion so it says that a person, section, uh, subsection 1 says that a person who publishes or produce, reproduces a statement mm-hmm. rumor or report mm-hmm. which is likely to cause fear and alarm Mm-hmm. to the public mm-hmm. or to disturb the peace the public peace knowing or having reason to believe mm-hmm. that a statement rumor or report is false commits a misdemeanor mm-hmm. subsection 2 says it is not a defense mm-hmm. to a charge under subsection 1 that the person charged did not know or did not have reason to believe mm-hmm. that a statement rumor or report was false mm-hmm. unless it is proved that prior to the publication that person took reasonable measures mm-hmm. to verify the accuracy of the statement, mm-hmm. rumor, or report. Um, so, and, and let me, by way of illustration, mm-hmm. uh, quote from uh, the book of uh, uh, Professor Henrietta uh, J.A. and Mensah. Oh, this recent one. Exactly. Um, fresh from Yard. Yeah, yeah where, fresh from Yard. Not, not a very fresh one. Not, the, uh, not the biography. No, not the biography. Okay. This is this a, a, a book that she wrote much earlier. Mm-hmm. And she illustrated this with the case they do say versus the Republic. Mm-hmm. Now, in that particular case, the appellant wrote a letter to the Asante Hene, mm-hmm. alleging that certain persons were plotting to overthrow the government. Now, the police investigated the report and found it to be false. He was convicted of publishing false news Mm -hmm. and deceit of public officer. Mm. On appeal, it was held that the mere making of a false statement was not the crux of the offense, Mm -hmm. but its publication to the general public. So that Mm. is the crux of the matter. Mm. Its publication to the general public Mm. in such a way as to cause alarm and fear. Mm. So the question is, what did the gentleman do? We're told that he made a claim that he was a doctor and that he had a particular experience. Uh, It would seem that from what the police are saying, Mm. all the claims that he made, are false. You are now telling us that he claimed to be reporting something that somebody had told him. Yeah. Even if he was reporting some something that somebody had told him, the law here is saying that mm-hmm. you ought to have taken reasonable steps yeah. to verify the yeah. accuracy or otherwise of the statement you subsequently Before you being circulated. Exactly. So, it is important that people receiving information like this, people making claims like this, mm-hmm. take steps to ensure that they know the requirements of the law mm-hmm. and act accordingly. Otherwise, where they go foul of the law, the law would deal with When we come back after eight, mm-hmm. I want you to now look at the other side, mm-hmm. the issue of how the police exercise this uh, search thing, mm-hmm. where they decide to do their searches, mm-hmm. how they go about the search. And of course, I'm sure there are people who have uh, experienced police misconduct mm-hmm. in the way the police go about this. Mm-hmm. So we have to balance the discussion. Mm-hmm. And I also said, we have to balance our need for safety and security with people's private rights. And mm-hmm. I feel we need to go t- into the law to explain that. So we'll do some of that in the next few moments. But it's two minutes to eight. City Breakfast Show.
going to read a few more comments on this before we go. Bernard, the man is a liar. <laughs> and the story is outrageous. <laughs> but is this a civil matter or a criminal case? Why is he in jail? Good it's, question. It's a criminal matter because as I read to you... Misdemeanor. The, yeah, that's right. So it's, it's committing an offense and uh, allegedly and the police would have to take steps to prosecute him mm. once the evidence backs what, what, what they allege. Good morning, Bernard and team. The police can be very professional and rapid when the matter is about them. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> All right, more comments. Good morning, team. The audio may be false, but a close friend and a brother have experienced this kind of embarrassment before, so I honestly don't think we should ignore it. Good morning. Thank you for the question, uh, for the comment. Bena, concerning the audio, I think the guy was trying to inform citizens on how to carefully monitor any time police officers stop you, you for search. Just that his approach by making it look like he was a victim was wrong. If you could remember somewhere last year or some or some time back, some police officers around Arudome were reportedly taking money from citizens, even by forcing them to, to ATM machines to get them to withdraw money. This was the approach they were using. I remember this story. We interview people on this. Sandra had an experience as well. That matter went to Pips. I don't know where it is gone to. I'll talk to his lawyer to see. Mm-hmm. But our police people are doing this because one policeman almost put me in that state, but I was fast enough to stop him from touching my bag. He was then going to dip his hand into his pocket and I grabbed my backpack fast. <laughs> They're capable of doing these kind of things. Good morning, team. Please, this investigation should not be left for the police alone. No. There should be an independent investigation to really ascertain the truth. Guys, don't jump to conclusions. Jones from La. Do you see how fast the police found the guy? Only because it has to do with them directly. Eric Blim from Kobo Mountains. Good morning, team. Well done to the Ghana police for acting swiftly on this incident. However, what's the new information on the police bullion van robbery? Charlie, people are not giving the police any slack. I think we as a society should also do a little analysis of issues before spreading them around. When this thing came up, I listened to it for about a minute and I said, the audio is a deliberate work of someone who just wants to cause confusion. I listened just about a quarter of the audio. Two, the person introduced himself by a title. Only scammers do that. Unless someone here knows Dr. Asiedu personally. Three, he indicated that it's been a while, meaning that this is what he does. Mm-hmm. Four, his English and the story does not sound coherent enough. Five, he couldn't tell us who his brother is by name. His brother and his boys know. Sounds like a gang. If none of us knows Dr. Asiedu personally, and with the statement from the Ghana police, we should throw the whole thing away. It may be a scam as usual. Um, a lot of procedural inaccuracies in the whole story. Mm-hmm. The guy is a liar. Forget about this. Oh, the yeah. junk food era has spoiled us. Critical thinking should be taught as a core in all schools. David from Tuba. I want to make a comment on this. Mm-hmm. Why do people circulate audios that yeah, they... Sure about. Yes. I, I think, Sky, you should also educate us on that maybe later on. You see, if you sent me an audio mm-hmm. and I know you, mm-hmm. or you... I, I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't just circulate an audio because there's a voice saying something. Mm-hmm. Okay, should we not have that responsibility of also saying that you can only circulate an audio that, like, if you hear Ben and on a city breakfast show discussing something with Godfrey and you circulate it, it's public discussion. But if somebody called Dr. Aloski sitting somewhere just says something, and then you also just circulate it. Are you also not responsible for spreading false news? Uh-huh. You see, so the section that I read, mm-hmm. um, it, the law, in my respectful view, appears to impose that responsibility. Mm-hmm. That even where it is somebody who has sent you that file, mm-hmm. and you are tempted to believe the content, the law imposes a requirement that you should take reasonable steps to verify the authenticity. Before you forward. Before you forward. A lot of our aunties will be in trouble. <laughs> because on their family platforms, they actually... Yeah, because every <laughs> subsequent forwarding, forwarding is new <laughs> obligation. 
I, I, I'm sure if we did a vote for everybody's favorite for wedding auntie. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Hey! Conspiracy theories. Something has happened somewhere. Yes. Some people are going to bring some food from China. <laughs> and they are so talented. <laughs> And then when you question me this, hey, you don't know this is true. If I saw that, I'm going to go, I'm just like this thing, I'm just like this thing, I'm just like this It's true. No, <laughs> God bless our mothers and our aunties. Yeah. They are strong. Alright, it's time for taking social media trends. Alright, so Danny K is here, is brought to us by Vodafone, Feather Together and Carl Bank. Daniel, what's trending? Yeah, the Ghana police, of course, is in the trends. You guys have discussed me. What baffles me is when the police interrogated him according to their release, mm-hmm. and he says it happened to somebody. Mm-hmm. So how you come and put your, mm-hmm. like it happened to you? Mm-hmm. Now he has put the matter for all of us. Yeah, but you see, what he's saying there would seem to be some confession, and the law again imposes some responsibilities yeah. on the police on this matter. Yeah. Who was there when he was making the claim about it happened to somebody and, and, and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, police the lies are too many. Too. Yeah, but besides, right, the, the police... Cannot be the only person telling us this the story. Yeah. Some, some independent person must also be there yeah, to say this yeah. is true. Who is his lawyer? Who was there as an independent witness to yeah. verify that he? Yeah, because the police can. <laughs> hey, <laughs> master, talk to me. Very <laughs> full. Come on, lose down. Go inside. What is true? Um, in the trends. We should be laughing about these things. We apologize. Also in the trends, Bob Marley is trending. Why? Because. Something big has happened to Ghana music. Oh, I see. What's happening? Oh, probably the biggest thing. New album? Sakodie. Mm-hmm. It's on the official remake of Bob Marley's track, Stir It Up. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Stir It Up. Yeah. They've done an official remake. Marley. Official remake. It's coming out. Oh, there's a rap inside. Wow. There's a rap inside. Wow. Hey, Stir It Up. Do you choose any rapper in the world oh, but Sakodie wow. in Ghana? Stir It Up. Is it out already? No, no, it's coming tomorrow. It will be nice, so it will be nice. Rough. Drop it. They drop some yeah, small snippets. You know, the bass, the bass lines in stereo tap. If you want to learn how to play the bass guitar, mm. you should use it. Should use that song, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. I may even play it today. <laughs> no, you should play it. Be stereo tap. No, you should play it. So, like, is it a part of a project or something? We are not sure. Was just they, they just dropped the snippet and announced that we'll get more details yeah, tomorrow. We'll get more details. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow. You do everything. Pick up landlord. You yeah. do all. You do all. The interesting thing is that a couple of months ago, Posse G one of his producers said he was going to bring a uh, he was working on a project mm-hmm. with somebody bigger than Jay-Z and people laughed they didn't know there was anybody they didn't know there was anybody bigger than Jay-Z yeah, but Mali is bigger every day before <laughs> <thinking. laughs> every day is he, is he Beyonce he can't be Beyonce is he Kanye he can't be Kanye oh, but Mali has dropped the landlord indeed yeah. Black Sheriff is also trending yeah, what's happening yeah he settled the medical bills of some mothers who were unable to pay wow. After being discharged at shop, the, shop, shop, the shop, rich shop. hospital, then he also provided them with some food, toiletries. He's doing all the right things. Yeah, Blacko. He's doing all the right. Let's hope he continues. Yeah, he should stay focused. He's a conscious boy. He should stay focused. Conscious guy. Because when you're on the path to greatness, there are very di- many diversions. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He should stay focused and do his work. Mm, one is bolding too. Casimiro is in the trends. Mm-hmm. Charlie, my United Two is trending. I saw an article that claimed, you know, sometimes media can be very something. So the interview we were Ferdinand about the two best midfielders in the league. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about Patty and Casemiro. And then they were basically saying that both of them are, are very good and very important for their teams. But then Rio Ferdinand said, when it comes to defensive contribution, 
Casemiro then trumps party because he he wipes basically saying that Casemiro's defensive numbers are better than parties, mm-hmm. but offensively they are similar. Mm-hmm. But the headline was like, Oh, Referdinand says Casemiro wipes party on the floor, so it suggested like there's a party cannot yeah, yeah, yeah. cope, but that wasn't the real issue. He was basically saying mm-hmm. there are two very important DMs for their teams. Mm-hmm. Although he thinks that defensively, what Casemiro represents for Man U is more than what party means for Arsenal defensively. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see the angle? Yeah. But they've twisted but the thing to say that actually Casemiro, they finish party. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know they do that. <laughs> no, but party is and this bad. is international media. This is not Ghana media. They are playing games. They should stop that. They should stop. Stop the life. Yeah, me, I prefer party. Oh, oh any day. All day, every any day. week. Um, Casemiro has a dad about baby face assassin. Casimero's face, it looks like some dad about the guy they play wicked pass. You know, he'll beat you right now. They play Jackass. No, they call it Awi. Awi is here. He'll beat you right now. It's not a joke. Yeah, he's been suspended, so he will not play against Arsenal on Sunday. And the coach says that the first time they beat Arsenal, he wasn't there, so they can do it again. Tell him to be serious. Tell him to be serious. But Arsenal will beat Manu. Easy. Arsenal will beat my Me, I'm going. <laughs> oh, you don't want to say anything? No. But Arsenal will win the league. No, but it's true. Arsenal will win the league. We win the league. If I find this, I will fans. <laughs> now we are, <laughs> we are congregating around Arsenal. We win the league. We football. Okay, but I am not going to say anything. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. No. One fast and brave for Arsenal. If my win the league, we are dead. So the, the league must stay in London. Arsenal. It must not move. It must stay, it must stay in London. <laughs> And I want to invite Chelsea to join. <laughs> this is our noble, this is our noble cause. Very well, I'll join you. <laughs> Segment brought to you by Car Bank is the season to stay connected. Reactivate your Car Bank holiday account season and get more value. Get free access to our short code service star seven seven one hash CarNet and Car App when you reactivate your car account between now and the end of the month. You can also call us to free on 0800 500 500 or chat with us online on our social media platforms and on WhatsApp. Cow Bank Forward Together. Meanwhile, the Vodafone One Ghana promo is here. With just one Ghana CD, you can have 20 minutes talk time to all other networks. One gig of data every day between 5 and 11.59. Simply dial star 530 hash subscribe and enjoy longer conversations and browsing. Wake up to great value every morning. Vodafone Further Together. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.
Yes. <laughs> Steer it up. See the bass line. Fifteen minutes past eight on the City Breakfast Show. <laughs> and just remind you that the latest episode of Hairdressers, which is a City TV owned produced drama series, is available on YouTube. Now, can you guess the title of the first episode for season two? No, it's, it's, it's derived from one of your favorite expressions. Mm. Yes, that the title. No, I know you like saying that thing a lot. Oh, really? You're a big man. You, no, 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 not that one. <laughs> it's something you say when you look at the governance and the, the things they do. The <laughs> governance. Yeah, the governance and the things they do. Is it completely unacceptable? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Your mind is going too far. Don't go too far. Oh, 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 oh. It's, it's titled "Monkey They Work, Baboon They Chop." <laughs> yeah, Monkey They Work, Baboon They Chop. You know, one man will chop. Charlie. But what is even worse is when monkey they work with well, baboon. Well, baboon, <laughs> talanku for the side they chop. <laughs> okay, Mr. Uti. <laughs> so, the first episode of season two of The Hairdressers, <laughs> which is a CCTV produced drama series, is available on YouTube. So, just search for CityTube. And uh, we are, you know, we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are making inroads into the drama production stage oh yes you know when it comes to things that we we show and things that we we depict on tv there's not everything that you have to import you have to produce it yourself too and i'm telling you that this second season is much 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 more exciting than the first season of the hairdressers so go online if you want to watch another episode episode one is available on city tube all right, so let's come back to the law. Let me just read a few more comments and I'll come to you. Uh, uh, hi, Bernard. Cocaine Tenko Cocaine from police headquarters some time ago. Trust is very, very important in everything and therefore the police must do the right thing all the time. We go from Accra. Dear CBS, on the fake tape issue, it is also possible that the guy was staging his own version of something that actually happened. Very possible. Oh, this is from Sid K. Hello, guys. Can you advise on what a citizen should do when a search is being conducted on their car? Yes, Sky will do that. Bernard, please. In fact, there's even a, a show, a question of law episode on this, which I probably have to retrieve. Uh, guys, if you can repost the question of law, I think that episode was Kelly and Albert. They did a, an episode on you and the police. I think it was Clement or Selim, I'm not sure. But um, Safwa, if you, if you are listening to me, find that episode for me. They delve deeply into what you should do when the police meet you, your rights when the police officer calls you, all of those things. They were dealt with on a question of law, which shows on CCTV as well. And there's a new series coming as well for that, and I'm going to tell you about that later on. But now, please, we should not rule out mental health on this case. The guy may need help. I said that earlier. Because, the, the, the you know, to be able to describe... Such a thing. In actuality, with details, detail. such an annot- annotated fashion, if it really did not happen, then maybe he needs to be talking to my friend, Dr. Lali Fiagbe, just to be sure that everything is... You know, the Lali Fiagbe gave me some very interesting scenario of some of the conditions. If there's a chair here, mm-hmm. that everybody sits in and nothing happens. But when you alone sit in the chair, you are seeing, you are seeing things. No, 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 no. Or you alone sit in the chair, it means something else. Mm-hmm. It means we have to further prove whether there are other issues there. So it's, it's well possible that maybe this guy could have some issues yeah, as well. I'm sure in, if the p- police are minded to prosecute, yeah. during that, the court would, would yeah. be there. And a few more people are still saying that we should 
not lambast the guy in the audio until we have heard his side of the story. Yeah, that's true. Or but his side of the story is it's what was aired. What was aired? Yeah, but you see, the what the, the, the caution is that the police have come out to tell us yeah. that he virtually admitted that what he said was untrue, that he was quoting somebody else, or the thing happened to somebody else. From what you read, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. So the 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 issue is who was there when he was making these comments, because mm-hmm. the law says that when you are dealing with a suspect or an accused mm-hmm. person. He must have a lawyer present. You, yes, the, he is entitled to a lawyer of his choice. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are requirements of the law. There are circumstances under which that may not even apply mm-hmm. because Fair. of certain positions by the law. Mm-hmm. But then also the law further imposes a requirement that there should be an independent witness. Mm-hmm. That independent witness, when it, you are dealing with matters of confession. Mm-hmm. So if what he is saying suggests that he is confessing to having committed a crime, the question would then be, at the time they were questioning him, what or when he was confessing, exactly. was, was there, there? Yeah, that's right. Was independent and under which condition was that confession extracted? Exactly. You know, because it's not enough for us to hear the plea. The, the police cannot be a judge in their own court. Exactly. It is important that that other side... So if it was like a case between two people, mm-hmm. and then the police came and said, the one has said that he is confessed mm-hmm. between two people, that's different. But because he's accusing the police... Mm-hmm. The, the the police being the he did not accuse just the police. So. No, no, he accused the police. Yeah. He accused the narcotics control. Yes. He accused the military. Because yes. there was a fight. He said there was a fight between the military and the police <laughs> over this. They took him to uh, the narcotics place where they took his fingerprints finger yeah, right. and all those things. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a pretty... You know, there are a lot of institutions. So, but, but my question is, so mm-hmm. what, what should we... Do? So this is something on social media we are discussing in the news. Mm-hmm. How do we ascertain the facts... So is it a press conference where the police brings the suspect? Mm-hmm. Or is it the police subjecting themselves for interviews? Mm-hmm. So maybe, Fred, you want to call the police first to talk them on this? I, because the public is very skeptical. Yeah. So even though the police have said the guy is lying mm-hmm. and nobody has any evidence to the contrary, mm-hmm. there is still some skepticism because the police seem to be selective in how they deal with issues. So I'm not sure if it's the police who have to now come out with more evidence to show that the guy has actually confessed or whether they have to have some forum or pips I don't <laughs> you know. see uh, i think all these things will play out eventually if the police decide to prosecute because when they go to court they will go with evidence that ah, the okay. guy did a b and c okay um our concern at this stage is the 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 likelihood sometimes um, where the police do things they ought not do ordinarily, which create problems for police policing generally. Because we've had instances where people did not confess, mm-hmm. they are dragged to court, and the impression is created that they confessed, and then all kinds of things happen, and their rights get undermined at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, for purposes of clarity, it will be important, perhaps, the police should hold in a uh, you know, press conference. Yeah. How was he, he arrested? Who was there when he was being interrogated? Yeah. Did he have yeah. access to a lawyer? Yeah. And, and, and these things would have to be cleared so yeah. that we have a, cl- a clarity as to exactly what because happened. Because you know, this is very interesting. They've mm-hmm. arrested some gentleman, mm-hmm. put, uh, they've covered his face, mm-hmm. And they say he is called Asiedu. So we don't even know if there's a Dr. Asiedu. And the claim is an Uber driver. So, I mean, I could, look, let me be, you could even say they could just pick one of their old existing criminals and put his picture. (laughs) My point is, when you are dealing with public issues and public trust, Mm -hmm. there are certain things you must do for transparency to proceed. Mm -hmm. Do you get me? So issuing statements, look, we have a police, so we have 
police press corps, I think. There are some, I mean, most media houses who have a, a, somebody who covers the police. Security. Maybe they should call them into a press conference mm-hmm. and say, look, let them let them systematically question the police for the police to convince them that this is because the public reserve the right to disbelieve what the police are saying. Yeah, that's true. And the police have not granted us any interview to to you can't just send out a statement and I'm not saying the police is lying, no. Mm-hmm. But you see, trust is end. Mm-hmm. The reason people listen to us is because it's been a, a years of consistent practice. Mm-hmm. You don't you you don't you don't say trust me because I'm wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. Yes, son. You don't say government trust me because I'm the government. I won't trust you because your track record doesn't show us you trust you. You may have a well intended IGP, but the behavior of your men on the ground does not mean we should. So, sure. I think the police must come out with more clarity. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I feel we should still go back to the point I wanted you to make earlier. Okay. So you are, your point is that mm-hmm. you cannot just stop somebody mm-hmm. and say you are searching them. Yeah, I want you to use law to back that point. Okay. Um, so again, let me go back to the uh, this time around, relying on the Criminal Procedure and Juvenile Justice Act of Ghana, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm interested particularly, of course, I mean the the. There are preceding sections that deal with how an arrest should be made, what the police must do when they are arresting, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And then again, if you go to section 92, for instance, it deals with matters having to do with uh, a warrant, who should issue the warrant, who should it should be directed at, where it is enforceable, and all of that. Basically, a warrant is a, an order from a court. Uh, saying that, okay, Bernard has done A, B, C, D, uh, let's, uh, the police will arrest and produce him. Mm-hmm. And it is enforceable on any day, mm-hmm. at any place um, of, of, of the choosing. And it is enforced mm-hmm. until after the court decides that, okay, we are rescinding it. So if I'm, you know, an order is issued by a court today, it mm-hmm. remains in force until you know, it is either effected or the court says that, okay, we have withdrawn it. But specifically dealing with matters of searches, Mm -hmm. which is what has brought this matter to the fore. Because if you listen to the gentleman, he claimed that he was stopped by a police officer or a group of police officers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The police conducted a search of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And in the process of conducting the said search, Mm -hmm. they allegedly planted a substance uh, or substances considered or suspected to be narcotics. And then in the process, they engaged him. Uh, They wanted to collect 20,000 Ghana CDs from him. That Mm -hmm. was his allegation. Mm -hmm. And uh, he suspected foul play and then called his brother. Mm -hmm. His brother, uh, a, a military officer, came to the scene because he had sent his location, live location to the gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the military officer. He came to the scene together with a group of his boys. Mm-hmm. They engaged the police officers. Eventually, it turned out that the police officers were lying. Mm-hmm. And then they started begging. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they reported that they, they took the matter to the police. They went to conduct finger, what do you call it, print uh, mm-hmm. identification and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the police apparently stayed the whole thing. So that was how the police acted on it. Very detailed. Very detailed. I mean, if you listen to the thing, you would think that uh, this guy, the thing actually happened to him. Mm-hmm. So the question is, my position, respectfully, is that the police cannot just jump one day, be in the middle of the road, and start stopping vehicles, saying, get down, let me check the vehicle. Mm-hmm. It is wrong. It is a breach of privacy 
of the person who is in the vehicle or using the vehicle mm-hmm. because the law imposes specific requirements. Mm-hmm. I note the uh, work done by Sami um, Dako. Dako much earlier on this particular matter when Umaru Sanda was similarly stopped, yes. hauled out of his vehicle, or, or they attempted to hold him out. Disrespectful and aggressive. Exactly. Manner. And uh, they decided that they were going to conduct a search of the vehicle. Now, mm-hmm. what does the law say, mm-hmm. respectfully? Now, if you go to section 93 of the the act I referred to earlier, which is the Criminal Procedure and Juvenile Justice Act of Ghana. Mm-hmm. Section 93 says that, one, subsection one, where a police officer has a reasonable cause to believe an article, mm. A, which has been stolen or unlawfully obtained, or mm. B, in respect of which a criminal offense has been or is being or is about to be committed, mm-hmm. is being conveyed is concealed or being carried on a person in a public place mm-hmm. or is concealed or contained in a package in a public place mm-hmm. for the purpose of being conveyed the police officer may where the exigencies of the case will require mm-hmm. without a warrant okay. or written authority mm-hmm. arrest mm. seize and search that person package or article may may that's right now, subsection 2 says that a police officer who arrests a person, conducts a search or seizure, may take possession of and detain an article together with a package containing it, mm-hmm. and may also arrest a person conveying, concealing, or carrying the article. Now, okay. what is the trust of this? the two subsections that I've read? Mm-hmm. The law is saying that before a police officer in the line of duty acts in the manner described by the law, mm-hmm. there has to be what? Reasonable cause mm-hmm. to believe that something wrong has been done. Mm. So, for instance, if Bernard, you, uh, let's assume that, uh, you know, in a particular area, let's say Trazaco Valley, mm-hmm. then you see some gentleman driving um, a vehicle. Mm-hmm. A hammer. A hammer. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you had received information, for instance, from someone who had called earlier mm-hmm. over the, uh, uh, the the police communications uh, systems and said that, okay, a hammer had, you know, just hit someone mm-hmm. or killed someone. And running away. Running away. Or I saw someone in a hammer pull a gun mm-hmm. at ABCD person. Or I saw a group of people smoking weed mm-hmm. in a hammer at, uh, say, school junction. Mm. And the hammer is so described. Mm-hmm. If a police officer, if you see such a hammer or you see any hammer at all fitting that description, you can stop the hammer. At that point, you have reasonable cause to believe that that is the hammer that that. So the key word is reasonable cause. Reasonable cause. All right. Sometimes, you see, a police officer can arrest you Mm -hmm. where he himself suspects that you have committed a crime. All right. In other words, let's say you are walking in an area holding, say, a crowbar. Mm-hmm. That area is Trazaco. Ordinarily, at midnight, mm-hmm. say 12 p.m. Crowbar is not something you hold and walk about with. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. So in that case, the police is entitled to arrest you mm-hmm. because he has reasonable suspicion that you may be committing a crime mm-hmm. or you are about to commit a, a crime or you have actually committed a crime. Okay. And another illustration would be, say, for instance, um, you, have, you are driving a vehicle mm-hmm. and then some way, somehow, someone had called the police or maybe they didn't even call the police at all. The police just saw the vehicle and realized that, okay, there are blast stains all over the vehicle. Mm. The police is entitled at that point, without relying on the warrant, to stop the vehicle and make the necessary inquiries, which would include searches, because in this Mm -hmm. case, there is reasonable suspicion or there's reasonable cause to believe that Mm -hmm. 
you may have used the vehicle to com- com- commit a crime. Do you understand what I'm saying? I get you. Uh-huh. So the, the, that, that, is, that, is, that is just one. Mm-hmm. And then also, when they go into the process of searching the vehicle, mm-hmm. there are specific procedures as to how that should be done. And, mm-hmm. and, and Bernard, um, let me take you searches uh, uh, per the guideline that was issued by the, the police administration themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, search without a warrant, mm-hmm. and then Section 8 deals with search of an arrested person. I'll come to that much later. For now, mm-hmm. we are dealing with um, a vehicle. Um, the police guideline basically says, and, and Bernard, bear with me. Mm-hmm. So, s- s- vehicles and building searches, GPS, this is Ghana Police Service, they are, they are directive that they issue. Uh, it is SP00915. The guidelines say that, for instance, guidelines for conducting vehicle searches. One, a vehicle must be located out of other ve- uh, vehicular traffic. In other words, there must be a vehicular traffic. You cannot just see Bernard emerge and then move immediately and say that, Bernard, I'm coming to, you know, search your vehicle. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The second one says that the area must be secured and mm. all suspects must be under control. In other words, mm. you must suspect the people mm-hmm. in the vehicle that they have done A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. You don't just get up and do it. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the call for backup must be done to mm-hmm. assist when necessary. So, for instance, mm-hmm. if you say that the vehicle has blast stains all over it, mm-hmm. and then you decide that, okay, you want to conduct a set to be sure of what may or may not have happened to the vehicle, yes. and the people are resisting that, and they are proving violence, all right. where necessary, you are entitled as a police officer to call for reinforcement mm-hmm. so that they come and, you know, ensure that what? There is protection of, of life and property mm-hmm. in that case. D says, any crowd that has gathered must be under control. Hmm. E says an officer should search at any given time. Mm-hmm. And F says that additional police personnel must be ali- available to assist and maintain So control. there are very detailed procedures about how to go through this. Exactly. But I think the key point you're saying is there has to be some reasonable suspicion. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that there cannot just be random he, the police cannot randomly just stop you? Stop you and say that I am searching your vehicle. They, ah. Yeah, that's right. If the moment you do that, you are intruding... Can they preemptively say that they are doing... Maybe they are in Kwabinya. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there have been reports of robberies in the past few weeks. Uh-huh. So this week, they are doing patrol. Mm-hmm. And the patrol procedure includes maybe random searches of vehicles just to... I'm just trying to make space for that. Not not like so maybe they so there's a broader concern about security in a particular area. Mm-hmm. So they've moved to the area to do a pal- a patrol. Mm-hmm. Can they not in that patrol then randomly search cars as part of a general concern about security? Mm-hmm. Instead, do you understand? So that they have ten, 200 cars on the road. Mm-hmm. They stop car one. They stop car six. They stop car twelve. So it's not because you've done anything, but they just want to. I don't know what, what you, what you, what you see. That, that is where there will be breach of discretion or abuse of discretion. Hey. Because, look, the police is given discretion. In fact, if you go to the previous um, sections of the act, we deal with this, uh, what they call it, arrest. Mm-hmm. The police has discretion to decide when to and when not to arrest. Because mm-hmm. there are times that you can see people committing a crime, mm-hmm. but the police will not arrest because the, li- the moment you arrest a person, you put life at risk. Because perhaps you are just one officer. 
and then you are in a certain area notorious for committing all manner of crimes and then you see someone committing a crime and you want to arrest a person mm-hmm. and you know that when you do that the police will beat you up or destroy quite a number of you know property in that case the police is given the discretion to say that okay i'll deal with this particular matter later you understand so what i'm saying is that discretion should not be abused yes you have the discretion to effect an arrest when you have reasonable cause to believe that a crime is about to be committed or is likely to be committed or has been committed you understand but you cannot just get up see bernard's car and just say that let me stop Bernard and search him. So what if his car is a DV car? The police seem to have a special liking for DV cars. DV <laughs> okay, cars. So, so so is the DV plate a reasonable cause for suspicion? Uh huh. You see, so the DV in this case, the the law re- imposes a requirement as to who should use it mm-hmm. and how it should be used and during what period it should be used. So if you are not someone who deals in cars and you are going to sell the car to say Bernard Koku Avle, Bernard is <coughs> in the vehicle. And then you see him. Okay, Bernard, yes, I'll see you driving DV. Where's your license for selling cars? Mm-hmm. If you don't have one or you don't have a business in the mm-hmm. area of... So when there's a DV, there could be a reasonable basis. Yeah, that's right. Because the police at that point may believe that there's uh-huh. something wrong. Because there. I noticed that when we are driving, usually they will stop the DV cars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Or they stop the guys with tinted windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in that case, the uh-huh. law says yeah. that the window should be Or clear. they stop people in Mercedes Benz. So it's like I like Mercedes I Benz. Dear. I don't know why like, I just stop Mercedes guys. Guy, must tell, be like usually when you are driving, eh, <laughs> you and I observe. So usually DV will be stopped. Uh-huh. I can explain. Tinted window will be stopped. Uh-huh. And if it's a tinted window, DV Mercedes Benz, yeah, they will stop you. Uh-huh. I can explain the Mercedes Benz why, 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 why do they stop Mercedes Benz? See, because the police also monitor trends. Uh-huh. The the Mercedes Benz has become what the Toyota Camry and Corolla used to be for. The, a certain section of our society. I don't want to label people. Okay. Okay. So if you follow the trends now, you realize that there are a lot of Mercedes Benz in the system. Is it what the Sakawa boys are using? Yes. Hondas. Uh, so right the now. police are suspecting that if you are in a Mercedes Benz, yes. Could and be then a also, there's also a high incidence of, and because Kai deals in cars, you know about this. There's a high so incidence. Why? Of, why are you? There's a high incidence of um, illegal uh-huh. importation of those okay. cars. Yeah. There are a lot of complaints around that. Thing. In I fact, think two, two the, or last three weeks ago, there was a story Yoko, about saying yeah, they seized a lot of those cars. Yes. yes. So, so, the, so do that could also qualify for the reasonable. Yes. Mm-hmm. So right. they do a lot. Let's of come back to something. It's 8.37. Let me just do your money quickly. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come back to this discussion. Mm-hmm. And listeners, I want you to help us because um, Sky is basically trying to paint a picture that random stoppage is really not to be the norm. It has to be reasonable. All right. But let's talk about your money. Your money is brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. Now, I have a very powerful quote for you this morning, and I know you like it. And Sky, this quote, I know you like it. It says, If your plan is for one year, mm-hmm. plant rice. Mm. If your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. Mm. If your plan is for a hundred years, educate children. Wow. That's Confucius. Wow. So, this is Confucius says, If your plan is for one year, plant rice. Mm-hmm. 
if your plan is for 10 years, plant trees. Mm. And if your plan is for a hundred years, educate children. Now that's deep. Yeah, that's, that's deep. That's, I mean, that's a man clearly wiser than us. See what I'm dressing? See what I'm dressing? It's so 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 deep. If your plan is for one year, plant rice. If your plan is for ten years, plant trees. If your plan is for one hundred years, educate children. Education. No, that is we have we've settled the matter. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. Comments on this. I'm trying to maintain my focus. City Breakfast Show 840. But if you are, uh, there's a question I have for you. Are you getting good insight from your data for decision making? Well, there's a, a mini revolution taking place. It's called the data analytics revolution. And this is really empowering your team to work smart, save time, and deliver insight from data using the world's most powerful business tools, Microsoft Excel and Power BI. In fact, a lot of the things you're saying, mm-hmm. there are data analytics tools that can analyze things like that so yeah. how what was the frequency of stopping cars mm-hmm. what kind of cars are being stopped at what time and why data analytics can help even make you a more effective lawyer mm-hmm. make yeah. you a more effective journalist and more effective engineer now finex skills hub is offering hands-on practical training to corporates and individuals in excel for work mm-hmm. data analytics and financial modeling to help you improve your productivity at the office now you can go to finexskillshub.com once a week training sky Data analytics and law. You'll be a big man there. Oh, Call zero two four four seven eight two three five six to sign up. That's zero two four four seven eight two three five six. Sign up for our corporate and individual training sessions to become a master of data analytics. Mm-hmm. Can also provide you a new job for those who want to transition. Don't forget on Effective Living Series today, we are talking about making career transitions. My guest will be speaking about that as well. And of course, losing a loved one stops you in your tracks and leaves you shaking. And in those trying times, you need a partner you can count on. That's where Lashibi Funeral Homes come in. Lashibi Funeral Homes and Crematorium have your back when you need it most. From picking your loved one through the burial or cremation to funeral reception, we will guide you through the unfamiliar terrain of selecting products and services you need to ensure your loved one has a fitting send-off. Contact Lashibi Funeral Homes on 509 409 that's 509 or email info at com, or simply go to their website lashibifunerahomes.com for more information Lashibi Funeral Homes dignity for the deceased comfort for the bereaved you know when I was very young in I think class 4 or 5 I got a, I had a book called First Aid in English and they were trying to distinguish between deceased and bereaved it was so confusing at the time I didn't know the difference you know, the deceased and the bereaved. As in the deceased 
and the, the, the dead person. Yeah, and the bereaved. The bereaved is the, the person, the, the people who yeah. are suffering. That thing used to confuse me a lot. But now it's easy to understand. So the deceased. Because now. Uh, the deceased is people, dead. Yeah, the deceased. The, the bereaved is alive. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. In the past, it was not easy for me to understand. But Nashibi is saying that they provide comfort for the bereaved mm-hmm. and dignity for the deceased. Yeah, that's, that's the I, I think it makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah fantastic and for those who want to experience something exhilarating educative and worthwhile mm-hmm. i really want to recommend the heritage caravan yep it's between the 4th and 11th of march i've been on it twice mm. and i can tell you it's the best thing i've done among the best things i've done in mm-hmm. that period journeying across the country visiting tourist sites mm-hmm. sitting on a bus for seven days 13 or 14 regions mm-hmm. Meeting very, very interesting people, diverse okay. kinds of. I mean, people. I have a guy on my bus, he came from one university in the US mm-hmm. to just take one week off. People are doing their honeymoon by coming on the caravan. Oh. Some people have retired, or some some kids have bought tickets for their parents for mm-hmm. their birthday gift. Mm-hmm. All kinds of things, wow. you know. And we become a big family traveling across the country, experiencing Ghana in a unique way. Mm-hmm. It's, there's nothing like it. If you want to be part of the 2023 caravan, there's an early bird offer. Call now, 0205-973-973. Register for the caravan today. Powered by City TV, with support from CTFM. Proudly sponsored by Hollard, Ghana, the EU, Malta Guinness, and Ebony Condoms. And quickly, ECG has noticed with great concern the uncontrolled activity of bush burners. They are just burning bushes with no consideration for the environment. Now, this uncontrolled setting of fires to bushes is also affecting the ECG network, resulting in outages and inconveniences to our customers. Now, ECG reserves the right to seek legal redress against offenders whose activities destroy our installations. So, please help ECG serve you better. Go to ecg.com.gh for more information. I'll read a few more comments. So, Sky, you've you've made a a, a couple of points Mm -hmm. on what the police rights are. Um, You've also explained that in the case of DV, there seems to be some reasonable cause. It, but is that not framing? Because it, is that not, is that not um, what's the word they use in America, self? Is that not profiling? profiling? So, for example, if an American policeman says, I stop you because you are black, because six out of ten criminals happen to be black people. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody can say it's racial profiling, mm-hmm. which, it, which it is, mm-hmm. but the police will say, oh, there's a lot of the people who commit crimes in this area are black people. So, I want to check if you are not committing a crime. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's racial profiling. Mm-hmm. Now I'm bringing that to say uh, Mercedes-Benz cars mm-hmm. or Toyota Corollas. Mm-hmm. So the police see a certain kind of car and then they stop you. So there are 10 cars in a row. Mm-hmm. Because I am driving a Mercedes-Benz and I'm young. Mm-hmm. Or because I have dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the police are looking for somebody to catch. Mm-hmm. We are in a queue going. I mean, there are some very decent people with dreadlocks. In fact, a lot of dreadlocks people I know are very decent. Yeah. They are even more conscious than we, the, 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 the board heads. That's true. Then the police will stop the dreadlock guy, say they want to check his car for weed. Mm-hmm. Then they'll say, we want to check your hair. Mm-hmm. The time between using certain external things mm-hmm. to reasonably suspect something mm-hmm. versus just abusing people's rights. Okay, so the, 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 the test is that the, the, the suspicion in this case should not be fanciful. Mm. Do you understand? Fanciful suspicion that, oh, because you are a Rasta man, you are likely to carry weed. That the law frowns upon that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so. Ja will never give the power to a boy. 
Because you come and crucify the dread. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's right. Just because the man is carrying dread, you assume that yeah, he has weed. Yeah, the law frowns upon that. At the time you were... Yeah, I'm sure they are aware of this. You see, it's... Uh, <laughs> are you the police? Uh, the people have... Because as for the social and cultural profiling, they, they are doing it. It's wrong because the, that part, the, the man is entitled to do his hair wear dress mm. if he so wishes. And mind you, it is not all rasters who wear dress. They are rasters who don't wear dress. I'm a bald head raster man. You know, that's right. Yeah, man. You know, you believe in the course of rasters, so mm. you are conscious. Yes. But you go rastafarian, yeah, as in by way of wearing dress. The and name is Rastafari. Rastafari. Yeah, man. Yeah. If you believe that, look, mm. you need dress to carry on with what. So you're it's doing. also profiling. Yeah, that's it's right. not reasonable. It's not reasonable. You must have reasonable cause. You must. There must be something that leads you to the conclusion that mm-hmm. a crime is about being committed, yes. or has been committed, or is likely to be committed. Yeah. Where you don't satisfy that requirement, you cannot just get up and say that oh, Bernard is wearing rasta, so he must be. Carried. Let me read a comment for you, Bernard. What this country needs is the decriminalization of wheat. That's the solution to all this nonsense. Possession of small amounts, you know, and the keyword is small amounts. That are clearly for personal use should not provide the opportunity for the police to practice criminal extortion. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, there was a day we played a song called Ganja Farmer. Yeah, yeah, the police came. The police came and said, hey, we respect the law. This song, oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. They said they beg us. The song we are playing is promoting, is promoting weed. <laughs> so we should stop. <laughs> I'm a ganja planter. Oh God, so we quickly just you know just put another song in the system. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. That you see that the the, the social and cultural connotations of that 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 connection between oh if you smoke marijuana, then naturally you are unkempt or your hair it looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. It, it's existed in how we were brought up. When your parents see you talking to. Uh, your, your colleague who has unkept hey, well, how many wheel? We don't need for the number. Okay, okay. You know, okay. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey. You cannot have a friend whose hair is a bit twisted. Hey! I, I mean, there's a problem in your life. Your hair is on way crazy. They might lock you in the church for three days. They don't tell you this bevu hairstyle in this household. And that kind of upbringing, I think, has fed into the orientation uh-huh. of the service also okay. in a, in the sense that okay as soon as I then hell like this there's something there. But should we, should we, let me say is this the time to talk about marijuana and the benefits for the economy and also recreational use? Because there's a whole industry around marijuana and I've heard people say that mm-hmm. this um a blanket ban mm-hmm. of marijuana is actually depriving us of foreign currency uh, foreign exchange because mm-hmm. There are legitimate use cases, and there's a big market for it. Mm-hmm. And the thing seems to grow very well yeah. because the police will go to like some town in the voter region and go and burn the whole wee farm. Yeah. Charlie, and then when they burn the wee farm, and you swear the thing you are burning. <laughs> <Charlie. laughs> so so, like, goes yeah, so it's <laughs> that, should we? I don't know. Maybe later you need to educate me on the law uh-huh. on marijuana and why we criminalize it, and whether there's no space for some flexibility there. You know, you see the fear of folks who believe that we should keep the 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 law the way it is, as in criminalize it, mm. is that we don't seem to have the systems to regulate its use. Okay, you understand. So, you know, elsewhere the yeah. law allows for recreational use, 
and then also small yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, for 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 recreational purposes, so small oh, for medical. Okay, okay, oh, for medical. So, so, oh, so should we start with the medical one, where a doctor says because of your condition, yeah, and they will prescribe it in a different form. Mm-hmm. Is that something we can live with, or once you open that can of worms, you can't close it? Yeah, I I think that it, I've not researched that area of the law, mm-hmm. but I I think that there should be a provision for that within the Ghanaian context, oh, okay. where it is properly prescribed by, by a certified medical exactly. doctor. Then you go to a legal shop. Uh-huh. So, so is, for there, a, is there a legal shop that sells it? For instance, not if, here. Ah, so if a doctor prescribes medical marijuana for a treatment of a specific case. Mm-hmm. There's no so if you so if, in Ghana you can't go and buy it in Ghana yes as we speak it's illegal yeah that's right in that's all its forms but but no no but you see there are times that you go to the NACOB is not is that an authority Na- narcotic yeah. control yeah yeah that's right and get the pro- the appropriate license oh okay that's so right either sell it yeah, or to right. buy it or maybe conduct research into it you know people use it for their hair products and all kinds of things okay so the commerce around it is taking other countries elsewhere. So the discussion is, should we move in that direction? And recently, Parliament part, passed you know, an amendment to the original act, mm. which some people say was sort of creating room for commercial production mm. and for export. Okay. But, you know, as I understand it, the Supreme Court intervened and said that okay. the whole process, of the, how Parliament got to pass the law and how it was done and all of that. Okay. It was Let, let's go back to the police, though. I'll come back. My, my question to the police is, when they set up a police barrier at East Legon, mm-hmm or Lakeside, or Kakasunaka at 10 p.m., and they flash those light in people's faces, and then they decide who should go and who should pass. How often do they actually catch criminals? I'm asking this because you and I seem to know some of the places where criminal activity seems to happen. Mm -hmm. There are places you cannot walk in the day in Accra with your phone in your pocket. Mm -hmm. There are places you know at night you can't go. Why doesn't the police go there? Why do they go and mount up a, a search at Ajingano, not far from Rollins House, and be flashing torchlights in people's faces? Mm-hmm. Is it that they randomly map out the town to choose where they want? Because if you ask 10 random listeners which part of a crowd that criminals are hiding, mm-hmm. I'm sure they can tell you. Yes, they so can. my question to them is, why don't they deploy their resources to those places? Why do they come to town like somebody's driving to Oyarifa mm-hmm. or is driving to Frafra? He's tired. It's 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Then you set up a barrier at night and then you are just flashing torchlight in their face. If I'm a criminal, will I sit in a private car that I'm going home at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. and wait around to come and see you and say, hey, hello, how far? I'm going home. Carry on. Mm-hmm. Like, is that really? I, I want to understand the logic of that. <laughs> In, in because you, are, you don't have enough police people uh-huh. why don't you go to places that you know criminals hide mm-hmm. and go and catch them you see but there's also the other side of that you know there's a there's a saying in our language that mm-hmm. criminals don't fly airlines that's right because aircraft yeah the good things that they would want to steal ideally are on the ground that's not to say that you can't find good things in the air Mm -hmm. but majority of the times if you want to steal something properly Mm so-called and it is of serious value you Mm -hmm. find it on earth which is on the ground Mm -hmm. so the question is if the person i I don't want to use a particular community because it would then stereotype Mm -hmm. let's say that you are in community a Mm -hmm. And it is a slam of some kind. Mm-hmm. And it is notorious. Fast. As a criminal hideout. Exactly. Are you going to find things there to steal? And what? Uh, so your point is, they have to go to places where the people... Okay. Uh-huh. So you move to an area 
where you have, say, for instance, the middle class or maybe uh, the wealthy, where you are likely to target house A or house B, come out with a million dollars cash. Or maybe instead of just going to hide a bad class guy still low. Uh huh. But you see, it is it is it is how the police are doing the search that creates the problem. Mm. Because ordinarily Bernard is going home at say ten PM after a hard day's work. Why should you stand there and be pointing torchlight into his face, you know, and say, Oh Master, your boys are here. You see your boys are here. It's 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 wrong. It's terrible. So they are abusing the 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 uniform. They oh. are abusing the rights they have. Mm. They are abusing the authority they have. That is what mm. not what they should be doing. So what I'm saying is, if if the police believe we don't understand their procedure and they want to explain, I'm very happy to hear them out. Mm-hmm. If they feel there is a, a logic to the way they go about their policing, in terms of these checkpoints and these random checks. Let me know. The other question I have is: so they, they want to check your license, they want to check your whatever i mean are those the biggest problems in if you don't have enough police people in the country mm. do you drive you go to where middle class people are and start asking people for their driving license whether they have triangle and i mean those things are important too yeah. but if you don't have all the resources in the world is that the most efficient use of your resources but is, to be is checking it, people's do you have a do i mean you get me is it not is are there no more important my, things to be checking again i'm dealing with purely observation mm-hmm. uh-huh. okay and in, in, in this sense and with that is the mttd because they are the ones who will stop you because yeah. it's but sometimes not mttd guys also come and do the searches yes but they are the ones who do the no, mttd don't do searches mttd are the ones who will stop you yes, for they, what they, they, are doing, they say they are doing operations yeah, that's <laughs> what i'm saying so let's differentiate the two the mttd was where white They'll stop you for the what you just. No, mentioned. but the person people to ask. Oh, for a triangle. Oh, the yeah, person people yeah. ask you for a triangle. Ah, where police are? We haven't met a hungry person police. Hey, master. I, 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 if you produce triangle, you will say, "Why is your cutler?" Master, you, you live in Dansomano. No, for the, <laughs> yeah, the, and you, no, 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 that's what I'm saying. That driving outside Accra. No, Bernard, you'll be shocked. Cape Coast, we are going to Cape Coast. Bernard, the number of police checkpoints you meet. Bernard, between leaving, it's like having competition. Bernard, it's like Let me make a point. Yes. When if you live here, between here and graphic road, the graphic road, there are two police checks at the traffic light. Okay. You will see policemen on your right, uh-huh. MTTD. Uh-huh. On your left, there's the visibility unit yes. with rifles. Uh-huh. They stop motorbikes. Yeah, it's an operation that has been going on since November. Mm-hmm. They haven't stopped mm-hmm. any motorbike that will try to use that industrial area side. They, they will stop, stop you. you. And check they will check your license. This is the MTTD people. No, this no, one is the ones with yeah, the guns. We, are, we don't have any argument against that. Yeah, I'm, I'm we are saying you are going to Cape Coast. I'm t- and you meet eleven checkpoints. But that's what I'm trying to say. Between myself, me going to Dasumat, I will meet them at the Zongo Junction. Okay. Now, if I use the Latebi or Zoti Road, yes. I'm most likely to meet a police checkpoint. The MTTD. No matter what time no, of day it is. They, they, it's ran, they come random. They can be there in the morning. They can be there in the afternoon. They can be there in the evening. If you use Kaneshi, mm. if you get to the... So basically, wherever you pass, though, if, yeah, what if, if you use... If uh, you use Kaneshi, they are the market. They will, they will still stop On you. both sides. Yeah. When you get to the first light, Accra Kajan, they will stop you. They are there. And what are they checking? That's what I'm saying. Sometimes also depends on what they're looking for because for the motorcycle one, I have reason. That's why I'm just telling you what I have observed. Yeah, they will stop. It looks like from. there is an operation. Yeah, the motorbike one. The motorbikes. We've noticed that obviously some crimes are committed with motorbikes, mm-hmm. and the police have been giving their people motorbikes so that mm-hmm. they can also preemptively prevent. Them, mo- yeah, but what I'm saying is that you are driving to Cape Coast mm-hmm. from Accra, Kasua, you meet some Gomwa Budumburam, you meet one, uh, whatever junction, like, like like, and they are just there. 
But at that time, they were highway robberies too. Are you? Were, yeah, those routes are, are you, very popular with highway. But, but, I'm just telling you. You see, so, I'm so I'm to, a certain element of it. Okay. You see, the, the, the fact that they abuse it does not mean that there isn't cause. That is the issue I think we should discuss rather. Mm. That there is cause to be there. Mm-hmm. But then they abuse the cause. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that it comes back to the balance issue. Uh-huh. Where individual rights versus preemptive policing, mm-hmm. nuisance versus it's for your own good. Mm-hmm. All right. Notorious crime routes mm-hmm. versus making an inconvenience. I'm going home, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. It's it, 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 some things have to. I think your point about discretion is very important here because there are some things that the law will not tell you, mm-hmm. so you can only test whether the person is reasonably using. Because no matter what law says, mm-hmm. you also in, in, expect that the policeman, because of his intelligence, mm-hmm. can do certain things. Now, if he begins to use that to extort or to just cause confusion, then you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I feel a lot of listeners are saying, the police are not using their discretion well. Yeah. They are using it either to ask us for money mm-hmm. or to just harass us because they want to do some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll be driving somewhere in East Legon Sunday at 11 a.m., then randomly you see some police car hiding in some corner. Then you see they, they jump like ninjas. The way you come, and I don't even know what they are trying to get. You know, so... Look, let's read some comments and move on. You know, let's read some comments and move on. Uh, a few takers on the marijuana thing. A few quick comments. Godfrey, if you can help me. Okay, so, um, good morning, Bernard and team. Okay, we read this one. Um, just like Bernard said, we don't understand how the police work. They just stop you and want to search. Do you have probable cause to search? Where can I find the police codes and fines? For example, how do I know the fine for driving while talking on the phone? Okay, useful question. Um, with what I have seen and heard about the Ghana police service over the years, I'll never take any statements from the police service as the ultimate truth. Mm. If the guy also had the platform, he would have put out a different narrative. Mm. Uh, the police are being opportunists because they have the platform. Get the guy a good lawyer and mm. the truth shall surely come out. You trust Ghana police at your own peril. Mm. I don't believe that. Mm. I don't believe that. Mm. Um, there are professionals in there. Yeah, great, great Christopher from Lakeside. Bernard, what's funny is he said he witnessed the police do it to one of his passengers. How does an Uber driver witness this? Did he drive his passenger to his car before the event? How did he witness it? Even the excuse he gave does not add up. Mm. Good morning, uh, City Team. My name is uh, Tawe Etienne from mm. Lungwa. Mm. I think this issue of forwarding messages is becoming rampant. Something happens and you don't even have verified information. Next second, you receive and start forwarding to your contacts. Mm-hmm. I do not forward messages. Sometimes I only send it back to who, those who forwarded it to me. Mm. The police do need to be monitored. But who can do that? Yes, another one from a doctor we know. It says, Bruno and Bernard, the observations are spot on. Mm-hmm. The false story about the police is unfortunate. However, I believe this situation does happen. I had a personal experience with this kind of yeah. unethical police behavior in East Legon in 2019. Wow. I had to place an urgent call to a very senior officer before they backed off. I can share with you the details, but the whole thing was so bizarre. All the best to you and your team. This is somebody mm-hmm. I know personally yeah. making this claim. A lot of people have said this has happened to them before. Yeah. Bernard, most of these police people move with the ghetto guys but pretend to have no idea of the positive effects of marijuana. We have to stop being hypocrites and criminalizing we because we have both service personnel and citizens who benefit from it directly and indirectly. The positive aspect is that of it will be more when we criminalize it rather than when we than the current status when we decriminalize it yes. than the current status when people sneak to smoke it including some of the police officers the future is pregnant Prince Henry from Koforidia okay alright uh, later on we'll be talking about the Africa Prosperity dialogues happening uh, in a few days time 
But I, I wanted to just move to something completely different. Okay. Effective Living Series is in its third week. This is our fourth day, and today's topic, we're going to look at how to make successful career transitions. And I think it's a must-listen in my series. One of the interviews I enjoy the most, Reverend Kweku Foridas is my guest. Effective Living Series is brought to you by Hallmark Freight and Logistics Ghana Limited and Enterprise Insurance. Let's hear that now. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere I go. another edition of the Effective Living series which is happening here on CTFM and on CTTV. This year our focus is on a starter pack for 2023. We're in our third week and our focus is on professional priorities. We've been talking about leading self, personal development and also discussing issues around top skills for 2023. Today we'll be looking at making successful career transitions. So what is a career transition? Why do people fail in their career transitions what kind of preparation do you need to succeed and what are some tips to be nimble and productive in your career my guest has spent over 20 years of his life working in the corporate world he's consulted he's worked in various industries now he works for the lord as a minister of the gospel where he pastors churches in the uk in ghana and in pakistan reverend kweku Foridas is my guest welcome thank you very much was there a good summary of who you are I think that's fair. <laughs> it's interesting. So you do you did all corporate work, and now you are you are doing ministry. Yes, ministry work. Yes, and your corporate work spanned what what sectors? Um, um, finance. I started first in the finance industry, and then to healthcare, and then to technology, uh, and then to government industries, uh, airline. Wow. Um, and then what else? Engineering. I think that's the name, but if you... Amazing. <laughs> and now you're working for the Lord. I work solely for the Lord. So now, do yes. you bring those things into ministry or you count them as lost? <laughs> no, not at all. I actually do. But I do get to also have sessions like these. I speak to corporate sections a lot. I speak in various uh, company events still. Um, uh, but largely, I, I circle it all back to working in the house of God. So Brilliant. <laughs> so... Um, what is a career transition? Maybe let's start from there. Career transition is simply the process of making a change in your career. Mm -hmm. And that's literally it. Uh, why should anyone care about it? Because it's, it's important. The way you start any career determines really the degree of success that you're going to gain in it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people fail in it. Many company directors end up complaining after having hired somebody for about maybe two, three months. They go, man, we make the wrong decision. So at least the degree to which you can prepare yourself well uh, so you can succeed in it. Uh, one, you give your own self a win. And then, of course, the company also gets to win for hiring such a good person like you. Mm. So mm -hmm. from my, when I look at your, your career, mm -hmm. it's very clear you've made many transitions. 
and it's almost like you are a work in progress. So it's something you're very familiar to. Was it a conscious, in your own experience, mm -hmm. were you consciously making these transitions or it's almost iterative and you sort of reflect and realize that, wow, in 25 years I've done all of this? I think it's a bit of both. Uh, there was there was a time where you I was sort of just going, mm -hmm. um, you know, over some 20 years ago, uh, like many of you, I also did my MBA, finished it, got hired in a company somewhere in the U.S. Uh, still really didn't know what to do, um, but at least I had people who would direct me, this is the best way to go, go this direction, and I followed it. But in some sense, you get to gain some clarity as to, actually, I really like this area better. And then you tend to now build yourself, uh, which is what I, I did. Uh, so it, it wasn't like I started knowing exactly what I wanted to do, uh, how to find my way uh, uh, through it. Mm. Yeah. Why do people fail a career transition? Well, let me first mm. of all start by um, maybe giving examples of what career transitions are. Okay. Uh, career transitions really is anything from, let's say, uh, the stay-at-home mom now wants to return to work, mm. having stayed at home for the last five, ten years, taking care of the children, uh, but is educated feels now I want to return to work. What does she need to do? Uh, it could be a military veteran mm -hmm. uh, who now is coming back into civil life, mm -hmm. uh, but of course wants to enter the corporate life really to mm -hmm. get something done. Uh, let's say an IT professional or even some of these great cameramen here uh, decide, I want to start a company by myself. These are all career transitions. Uh, but I thought that since today is really we're dealing with professional priorities for mm -hmm. the year 2023, I want to particularly zoom in on professionals, professionals yeah. and, and what career transitions look like mm. for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so for professionals, largely career transitions will mean uh, things like, uh, say I'm a, I've just uh, been praying, thank God I've got a promotion I want, or um, somehow um, you've decided to make a change from maybe a particular business unit. Maybe I was in finance and I want to go to sales. I'm going to become the manager in sales. Um, or maybe you want, you've, you've moved from one, one particular city, still in the same organization, but you've moved across to a particular uh, uh, or a different region or a different city, but in the same organization. And now you're going to have to deal with having to lead people. Mm. Um, and then also is the challenge of leading people that were your peers and the mm. challenge that comes with it. You were friends. Used now, to you're the boss. now you're the boss. Mm. Uh -huh. And the dynamics of it and how they're going to look at you. So these are sort of examples of career transitions that professionals do mm. go through. Mm. I think it's fair to say particularly um, the people that would largely benefit from mm. what I'm sharing today mm. uh, are going to be, let's say, new managers, people mm. who've just been promoted into new roles, they're new managers, or maybe they're even existing managers or aspiring managers. Mm. Uh, a lot of what I'll discuss today will be benefit them largely, but of course it will be yeah. include aspects here. Just, in just listening to you, I can mm. see probably three or more broad groups. So clearly there's the reinvention type of things, mm -hmm. like no working, coming to work, or military veteran, coming to start corporate life. Yeah. So it's basically like it's a new greenfield. Yes. Then I see horizontal transition. Yes. So I'm in engineering, I want to move into finance, mm -hmm. or I'm into medicine, and I really want to go into hospitality. Yes. I'm tired of, or I'm in journalism, and I want to go into banking. Fantastic. Then I see the vertical, which is more like, you know, I, I used to be a cameraman. I'm now the head of production, and I'm the production manager. I see. So you're saying, whilst everybody can benefit, 
the emphasis is more the vertical for now yes mm. and, and there will be aspects that will be beneficial really across board but mm -hmm. i want to focus more on the person that's just been given the opportunity to now mm. climb higher mm. uh, and the expectations of those that trusted him to go higher mm -hmm. and and what it is that he needs to do to make sure that he doesn't feel now that he's gotten higher mm. uh, you know uh, I remember reading a book um, years back, uh, former Prime Minister of uh, England, Tony Blair, mm -hmm. uh, made an interesting statement. I just paraphrase it. He said, well, when he became a Prime Minister, one of the things he quickly realized was that the efforts that it takes to get to the of office had nothing to do with what it takes to actually run the office. If I was reading a book the other day, a, a great title, What Got You Here? will not get you there mm. and so there are changes that need to happen and mm. very often you will find and it's a good segue into why people fail you find that a lot of reasons why people fail in those transitions is um, they tend to give a lot of focus on the very things that they were good at mm. that got them promoted in the first place so now they've become a manager and they are still doing those things because they thought well I was good at them they may be a manager because of this, and they're still doing it. But now your manager is different. You're going to have to learn to let things go. You're going to have to learn to delegate more. Have to learn to just lean on other people who probably may not do it as good as you mm. to do what you thought you could do better. Mm. And usually just hanging on to it, mm. it's, it's, it becomes one of the risks oh. that really... I mean, this is such a powerful thing you said. It's almost like mm -hmm. what it takes to win is not what it takes to lead. And a lot of leaders, even in this context, mm -hmm. running an election, and I, I can even say that about our political parties, uh -huh. that they are election-winning machines, but they don't really govern with the same level of excellence that they run their yes. election campaign. Yes. So that's a very profound point. Yes. So what are some of the transitions in the mind, maybe, that people need to make? Because you were saying, for example, that mm -hmm. some of your colleagues would have been your... Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. I mean, now you're their boss. Okay, so is it more a mental shift? Is it having a big, bigger car? <laughs> is it changing the way I walk and the tone in which I talk? That will let me that I'm now the boss. Well, there's a bit of that, <laughs> but, not, but not quite. But I think that the first thing is you need to be aware of the, the potential pitfalls. Mm. So one being the fact that mm -hmm. you are good at something doesn't mean that you need to continue to do them. Mm -hmm. Another being uh, that, you know, somehow a lot of people just fail badly at building important relationships that they need. You're never going to be able to just succeed as a manager just working in silos. Mm. You, the fact that you don't like somebody doesn't mean that you don't have to work with them. And as a matter of fact, in, in, in one of the things I'll talk about as we go ahead is really the need to build very strong network, mm. uh, groups of people that are going to help you succeed. Mm -hmm. And some of those people will include people who don't like you. Mm -hmm. um, so does that mean you don't have to go to them? No, you still have to go mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, and, and then again, another thing is some, let's say, especially those who come in from the outside, we just hired a new manager. He came in from so-and-so TV station. They think they're bigger, they know it all. So they come in thinking, I have all the answers. Mm. I can do everything. Mm. And so they come in with a mindset that right from the outset, belittling everybody that's there, uh, and very quickly they make themselves unlikable. Nobody likes them. Uh, and, you know, uh, people don't care what you know until they know how much you care. So regardless of how much you bring in, it's like, who are you? Mm. And so though they're intelligent, but they don't succeed mm. in the role. Mm. And so you have to first be mindful of these of these pitfalls mm -hmm. um, why are these important because really in a, uh, um, you you have to 
make sure you prepare yourself so well, mm. avoiding all the pitfalls, mm. avoiding all the challenges that could make you fail. We'll come to that in a second. Uh -huh. Just to announce again, this is the Effective Living Series, and we're talking making successful career transitions. My guest, Reverend Kuku Furidazi, who's a pastor, but he's consulted, he's done all kinds of things mm -hmm. in his life, and he's basically explained to us what a career transition is. He's painted a very vivid picture of that. Mm -hmm. And then he's also highlighted why people fail. It's very clear that some people do not adequately learn what they need to learn and how they need to transition, and they don't build the right relationships and networks and alliances they require. And then others stick to what they know. They don't want to learn any new things. <laughs> yeah. So you were touching on why it's important to prepare well in career transition. I wanted to elaborate a bit on that. Yes. Um, and that's simply because you... It, 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 I read a book the other day. It's an interesting book, and I highly recommend that book. Mm -hmm. It's called The First 90 Days. Mm -hmm. uh, and all professionals out there, it's a great book for you to read. Mm -hmm. uh, by Michael Watkins, I think it's a Harvard professor, or was a Harvard professor. Mm -hmm. uh, and he says this, he, says, he makes this statement in the book, that the president, uh, our presidents get 100 days to prove themselves. Mm -hmm. The rest of us get 90 days. Mm. Uh, in other words, within your very first 90 days of starting any organization, mm -hmm. your bosses are simply going to make a decision whether we should keep you or, or let you go. Okay. And so you now have to prove yourself that I was a good investment, mm -hmm. that you did not hire the wrong person. And that, in order for you to also be that effective within that period, mm -hmm. your preparation is very, very, very key. Mm -hmm. And there are a set of at least principles I believe I'll share today that would help you mm -hmm. uh, better prepare yourself uh, in order to make a good career transition. So the first 90 days are critical. First impressions are important. Very important. Mm. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression. To make a yes. It's a good mm. quote from Will Rogers. Yeah. Mm. So these are key points to, to, to do. Mm -hmm. So I think you, you made a point that without good preparation, you will fail in yes. your career transition. Yes. Mm. You will fail. Mm. Um, and and I've, I've ignoring all the things that actually contribute, which has, these are all very known things. I mean, usually if you would spend some time maybe speaking to, um, if there is a very good HR team there, speaking to them, they would tell you, uh, share with you some of the things or the, or the, the very challenges that people who have done their job in the past face, failed in, uh, or the things that really that caused them to fail. They will share those things with you so you don't end up repeating them. And so just be very, very intentional about the necessary learning you need to do. And, and what does it entail? Um, the, the, the key component is really how quickly you mm. learn. Mm. You have to learn very, very fast. Mm -hmm. If I remember an old boss of mine saying to me, Kweku, if you're not good to me in one month, you're out of here. Hey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> of course, he didn't mean that literally because, mm. you know, it was a job that probably had about a six-month probation and all of that. But what he was saying is that in one month, you would know whether this person is it or not. And so there is a whole series of learning you must do. Um, if I can go continue with that. Or yes, yes. yes. Uh -huh. So learning in particular, you have to start with, I mean, three key areas. Uh, number one, what are all the technology um, uh, every aspect of technological learning I need to do within the company. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So yes, I've joined this company. Maybe the previous company, there were a set of softwares and application they used to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, now here they're using something different. You don't come in suddenly come in to change things. Learn what is this? What are the technology uh, applications that I need to be aware of? The systems I need to be aware of. Getting to understand what really the processes there that I need to really master. Mm. You got to get that. So you're talking about technical learning. Te- Pure technical within the learning area yes but apart from technical what other learning do you need to do and then you need to learn about the culture cultural learning the cultural the culture of the organization yes Mm. you have to get to know really what's the language Mm. how do people behave here Mm. what are attitudes like Mm -hmm. Uh, what what do people do when they really want to just let it all out i mean Mm. how do people just get on Mm -hmm. Uh and and you have to really start speaking the language you must learn the culture of the place absolutely if you will thrive absolutely Mm. absolutely does that include the politics of the place well that actually is a third point okay the politics is very very key and this Uh is where a lot of people fail Mm. because most people you know transition saying i don't like the politics i'm going (laughs) to leave it to them but here's what you need to know Mm. every organization whether it's a church whether Mm. it's a what uh whatever company you can think of organizations are inherently political yeah and you really serve your own self a whole lot of good if you learn to at least know who are the key decision makers here? Mm-hmm. Who are the power people, mm. the big influencers? Mm-hmm. Who are the people and how do they make decisions? Mm. And, and how do I get close to getting to know big decisions even before mm. they are made? Mm. This is very, very, very key. Mm. And very often some of these things you will find them among people actually that you don't like. Yeah. And that's the problem. Mm. If you now shy away from it, you're in trouble. So learn from everybody, including people you don't like. Learn from everybody. Let's, let's come to the next point. So apart from yes. learning very fast, you talk of understanding the situation the business is in. Understand the situation the business is in. Every business really is at some point in a particular mm-hmm. position. Now, whether maybe, of course, it's a new company. Mm-hmm. Uh, new companies, of course, the way things will be done probably will be a little bit different. If it is a, a company maybe that has existed, but it's not really quite achieving the results, you come with that understanding, the way you also get on with things will be a little bit different. And then, of course, it could also be a company that's really doing very, very, very well. It's already successful. They need somebody like you to bring in your expertise to maintain that success. Or sometimes it's a company that was doing well some time back and somehow has dipped. That's why they've brought you in. And so understanding the position the organization in sets your priorities as to how I'm going to approach, how I'm going to really succeed in this transition that I've made. Mm. So whether they're in a new business or they're in transition themselves, yes. or they're about to wind up, and then whether they are re-energizing themselves. So you need to learn that. You need to. Do you learn that when you enter or before you get in? Well, it starts. That's a great question. Mm. I often say that your career, whatever transition you're entering, it starts the very day you get told that you've been offered a job. Okay. You don't wait till you now start the job. So mm. and very averagely, maybe you might get the offer maybe a month or two even before you start. That very day. Mm. You begin. Mm. I remember saying this at a particular meeting the other day, and somebody said to me, no, I start mine when I start and make the decision that I wanted, even before I apply. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the key is do a lot of work Mm -hmm. before you enter. Mm -hmm. And then when you enter, move with the speed of light. All right. There's a point I needed you to emphasize, which Mm -hmm. is the third point on your slide. You talk about line up with business priorities. In interviewing people for work, usually I find that some people come with their own priorities. It's like, oh, 
when when I come, me I want to do uh, reporting on agri. About <laughs> who tells you interested in agri? So me I want to do social issues. I'm like, ah, you are. I'm hiring you, and you are telling me what you want to do. You are not telling me what problem you want to solve for me. And a lot of times it doesn't end well, as far as I'm concerned. Now, can you comment a bit about that? Where people sort of come with their own priorities without trying to understand what the company's priorities are. That's a bad idea from the beginning. Mm. Regardless of whatever you think you can do, mm. you were not hired to come and change the modus operandi. Mm -hmm. You have to always know what is it that business is trying to achieve. And if you've been hired as a manager, how do you align your team mm. to the priorities of the business? Mm -hmm. And it starts really with you lining up with your boss. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time. Your number one priorities are your boss's priorities. Okay. If your boss wants to achieve this, you need to make sure that you line up with them. Mm -hmm. And of course, the assumption is that your boss is also going to align with his boss and then, and then eventually <coughs> goes right to the very top. Mm -hmm. So don't <coughs> just come in with anything that sits outside of what the business actually mm -hmm. wants to do. Mm -hmm. And then you have to also try and negotiate with your boss what success looks like mm -hmm. what would it take for your boss to say i'm glad i hired you mm. what would it take what does your boss define as good mm -hmm. you need to have a very clear template of what good looks like mm -hmm. having that understanding and then again also you have to now um, line up with your boss on how to work with your boss mm -hmm. uh, there are some managers that just don't like to be contacted anyhow uh, I find in my own personal experience that sometimes I'll meet maybe my subordinates and the minute they meet me on the corridor somewhere, oh boss, this, this, that, oh this, this, that. No, 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 no. I don't always want to have those conversations. Sometimes I don't even want to talk about it. I just want to have coffee. I, I, exactly, This is not right? a place going to bring this your stress to This is not a place for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And by the way, you could have sent me an email about mm. it. So you need to understand the way your bosses also like to communicate. So you don't end up just sending things anyhow. These are the things that make you not a likable person. Does this expectation, does this uh, priority alignment include expectation management? Absolutely. Mm. What, let me say, how does your boss like to engage? Or not even your boss, your entire stakeholders. Mm. The people that end up feeding off the work you do. How, what do they want from you? What do they expect from you? When do they like to see things done? How punctual, timing, uh, accuracy, all of those things needs to be clearly, clearly defined. Of course, in defining expectations, you need to also define very clearly what not to do. Mm. It's not only what we're going to do and how you want it done, but mm. what we're also not going to do. Mm. These are very, very key also to make Fantastic. sure that you achieve. We're still talking effective living, making successful career transitions. My guest is Reverend Kuku Furidazi. These are mind-boggling insights he's bring, bringing to us. Making successful career transitions, learn very fast, understand the business situation, line up priorities. We have a few more areas to go through. Yes. So you talk about establishing a clear direction for your team. Can you elaborate on that? Yes. So now you've sat with your boss. At least your boss has helped you gain some sense of direction as to this is what now I'm going to achieve. You are, I'm assuming, if you're a manager, then definitely you're going to potentially at some point oversee a team. But you need to have at least a clear sense of direction for them. So that means elaborating very clearly, what exactly are we going to do as a team? Um, why are we going to do it? This is about creating energy. I, I heard, um, the, the, what do you call it? the CEO of Microsoft, um, the Satya Nadella was asked a question the other day, what do you look for when you're hiring people? Um, good CVs? He said, no, I don't even look at CVs at all. Two important things I look at. Number one, do they create clarity? Mm. And number two, do they create energy? 
Wow. And so you want to hire people. You, you, you really uh, want to be the kind of person that, first of all, create clarity, not only for your team, everybody that works with you and everybody that depends on your work, that you are very, very clear as to what it is that you are doing, why we're doing that. And then, of course, really, what do you call it? creating energy in a way that people just want to always work with you. Mm. You know, I, I say that you're really not a good manager if people feel they have to work for you. Mm. You have to turn people from having to work for to you wanting to, to wanting to work for you. And with you. And with you. Mm. And that's really the vision that you give yourself wow. to the team. So let's come to building a team. Then. Yes. Because you speak in the context of some of this being entering mm -hmm. a new leadership role. How do you build the team then in this tra career transition? Well, team building for me always starts with what exactly the mission mm. that the team needs to achieve that contributes to the larger priorities mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've had many instances where uh, you will find that a particular team is supposed to do A, but the structure of the team does not align. And that's very, very key. Um, it's, in fact, a, lot, a, a large part of my consulting work was actually done in that space, that just helping organizations really just define very clearly what their mission is and how that translates into, into structure. Uh, but of course, you have to also make sure that really you have the right people on the team. So the selection process becomes very key. If it is a new team, of course, then it means you now have to hire a new, new organization, you have to hire new people and so on and so forth. If it is an existing organization, sometimes it's about repurposing the team that you already have. It's about restructuring the team to now fit what your vision for that particular team is. And again, you have to also make sure you set up very clearly, this is how we're going to do our work, your approach to work, your strategy, uh, whatever methodologies you want to engage in, setting those things very clear. These are all part of setting the direction that really enforces the building of the team, uh, the team that actually is going to actually now uh, engage in this. Another key thing is also about making sure that there is a clear pathway for great communication. In building a team, you need to want to, you need to, uh, what was it, uh, I read the other day again, mm. it says this uh, a quote somewhere, mm. sorry, I keep saying I read this, I read this, I, yeah. I, I just like to read, it's so good. forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I read somewhere, I can't remember where I read it, it says, bad news is good news when it comes in early. Mm. And so you want to set up, uh, establish a channel within the team that doesn't make people afraid to come and say, I made a mistake. Mm. So somebody's not going to make a big error and then just hide it anywhere. You know, create a culture that just uh, makes it okay for so people. So that it allows the company to react quicker. React very quickly. That's, that's, that's crucial, for, particularly for the team. So that Absolutely. if there's something that they sense could be a problem, they should raise it early. As soon as we know what's bad, we stand a better chance in actually whether mitigating whatever that risk is going to pose or what, whatever issue it is, resolving it. Mm. You stand a much better chance in dealing with it quicker the earlier you know it. But I notice that mm -hmm. the, the leader sets the tone for that because I, in my work, I notice that mm -hmm. if, I, if I am approachable and I sort of, the way I deal with when you bring bad news is when you bring me more. If I sort of punish you for being the one, the bell of bad news, <laughs> and I start sort of like this guy is a bad uh -huh. luck guy, yeah. then 
I'm not going to get the insights I need. Yeah. So I think the leader sets the tone for that. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And that's very key. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, you don't also want to have somebody that only, only, only brings you bad news all the time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you have to have a way of, you know, making sure that your people don't only bring in the bad news, but at least they also come with a suggestion as to what it takes to resolve whatever that bad news is. Mm -hmm. Else then, everything now falls on the leader to now find the solutions. Mm -hmm. And that's not why we hire people. We hire people because there's a problem mm -hmm. and we believe they can actually do it. Mm. So come and tell me the bad news, but also come with an idea as to how we can get about it. Let's talk about networking. Ah, mm. this is a big one. Mm. Uh, again, some, whatever many years ago, I start, I, 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 my, my mentor in the company I was working for, I asked him a question, so, uh, hey, how do I become successful in my role? And he says, I have three things to tell you. Mm. Number one, network. Mm. Number two, network. Oh, Lord. Number three, network. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but really, it's, it's three key mm -hmm. areas. Mm. Number one, network is what I call the operational network. Who mm -hmm. are the people that I need in my corner to mm -hmm. make sure that my day-to-day -day work is a success all the time? Mm -hmm. This includes your team, includes your boss, includes in some cases, even your clients, mm -hmm. anybody that contributes to your day-to-day -day work, day-to-day -day work, that forms part of what we call your operational network. And, and then is also what we call your strategic network. Mm -hmm. Strategic network are the people that will help you understand what is happening in the business. Mm. Who are the people that I need in my corner to be able to help me know where opportunities are in mm -hmm. the business mm -hmm. so we can tap into it. Mm -hmm. To help us get, help me get a clear sense of where dangers are. Mm -hmm. So at least we can deal with them before they even wow. happen. Amazing. I mean, we've run out of time. Have I wish, we? I my wish, goodness. My Lord. There, there are a couple of final points that you, you wow. mentioned. Score some quick wins and then manage yourself. Yes. If you can just elaborate 10 seconds. You've, you've now, you're, you're in the organization. You're learning fast. Everything is going well. One of the things you need to quickly establish is credibility. Yes. And to establish that, you need to at least find some quick problems that are not very big to solve and solve them very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. As soon as you do them, what that does is you now build trust mm -hmm. among the people. And then, what's the other one you said again? And um, then manage yourself. Manage yourself. In the process of all of this, this transition, you have to pay attention to yourself. Focus, don't focus on the things, like I said earlier, that you were very, very good at, and then you, 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 now you have to let go. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I am so good at that I need to stop doing? Mm. You have to ask yourself, what is it that maybe I'm not as good, but I need to pay a lot more attention to? Mm. And what is it that I'm not doing at all, but I need to learn? Mm. All of these things is just helping you literally promote yourself, manage wow. yourself. I definitely need to bring you back on air, <laughs> and I definitely need to tell people how to reach you. And so, look, this has been awesome. It's 30 minutes of condensed insights. Very quickly for Ridazi, how to successfully transition your career. How can we find you? Where, where are you? Well, I have a consultant um, uh, uh, firm that's also running here. In fact, we actually uh, just about finished a website that's going to come out. Um, and so you can reach us on ads-sterling.com. ADS-Sterling.com Every information that will be there so you can have my contact, all of it from there. Thank you, Reverend Kupo, for your Effective This is the last for the third week. We're back with more. Thank you for watching.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. You, 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 yeah, yeah. You, 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 you. Do me like you make me go shaffa, shaffa, shaffa. Time check 9.42, City Break for show. A few quick birthdays coming through. Happy birthday to Mrs. Kaf Al-Smith. Gary and the domestic terrorists wish you a lovely day. I'm sure you know who they are. And this is also coming in from Selom Adonu. And it's coming in to... Jin Esquire, managing partner for Taylor Crab Barristers and Solicitors. I wish you all the best for the new year. This is coming from the team. And of course, the Heritage Christian College, located at Amasaman behind the Olympic Stadium, is offering programs in uh, management, banking and finance, business information, accounting, marketing, and others. These are BBA programs. You also have BSc, Information Technology, and Bachelor of Theology as well. You can dial star 789 star 300 has to buy your form online. You may also go to hcuc.edu.gh. We have a caring faculty. We have scholarships. We focus on uh, professional certificates in addition to your degree. We have one student, one laptop facility. And you can come in through either the WASI, the ABC, or HND or diploma. Or come as a mature student. Call Heritage on 054-777-731. Heritage Christian College offering world-class university education and training compassionate entrepreneurial leaders. I'm sure you've heard a bit on air about the Africa Prosperity Network and the Africa Prosperity Dialogues, also known as the Kweu Summit. And I think it's happening sometime in the month of January. I have two of the key people involved in this to help us understand what it's all about and why you must be interested. So Dr. Eugene Usu is, uh, for the purpose of this program, the Executive Director of the Africa Prosperity Network, but he's done many, many things in many, many places. He's been advising our government on the Millennium Development Goals, Sustainable Development Goals, and he's also worked at the very highest levels of economic diplomacy. Doctor, welcome to the show. It's good to have uh, you. Thank you so much, uh, Bernard. And he's also here with uh, uh, Joseph Atamensa, who's a Principal Policy Advisor macroeconomics and governance for the un economic commission for africa welcome to the show mr Atamensa. thank you very much for having us it's, it's great to have you you have a very familiar name <laughs> well, that's, that is true <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about that before the show ends let's, let's start with dr Usu. so doc, welcome to the show so what is the africa okay. prosperity dialogue also known as a course i mean what is all that about right um it's 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 the whole Initiative is the brainchild of of uh, Africa Prosperity Network, mm-hmm. which is a not-for-profit organization set up by some prominent Guineans mm-hmm. and also very prominent non-Guineans. You know, these are really Pan-Africanists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea really is to the dialogue is really to help establish a convening mm-hmm. platform mm-hmm. Um, where 
business leaders, captains of industry, and, and political leaders mm. at the highest level, heads of states, can come together and think as one and act as one, particularly in terms of setting and pushing mm. transformative actions that really will bring prosperity to this continent. Mm. And the essence is, and again, for the purpose of the Made in Dialogue, the priority here is really looking at how business and government can work together mm. to deepen economic cooperation, to deepen uh, intra-African trade, mm -hmm. and also importantly, to help accelerate impact investments on the, on the, on the continent. Mm. So the dialogue is organized by the network. That's the dialogue is organized by the network mm -hmm. in partnership with the Office of the President. That's why um, I'm a key part of this. And some of the other partners are the UN Development Program, the UN Economic Commission for Africa. That's why Dr. Tamensa is here mm -hmm. with us, GIPC, and importantly, the Secretariat of the Africa Continental Free Trade mm. uh, Area. I see. So the UN system sort of uh, endorses this, and you are being, being advisor for the SDGs as well. Um, it's interesting because usually in the conversations about African development, we're talking about development, poverty reduction. You don't usually hear prosperity in that lingo. It's always about reducing the suffering of people. So just what's the thinking behind prosperity? as the new term for Africa with these dialogues? Well, I mean, if you, if you look at what um, um, the partnership between the UN multilaterals, you mm. know, uh, governments mm. have done over the, over the years, mm. truly the emphasis is about um, <clears throat> changing lives. Mm. You know, changing lives is all about prosperity. Mm. And, and I think here, um, the, the, one of the key catalysts for this mm. is that um, you look at the Sustainable Development Goals, which I'm privileged to be associated with. Mm -hmm. What are they about? The Sustainable Development Goals are really about bringing prosperity to our planet and, and prosperity to the peoples of this planet. Mm -hmm. That is why we say the, the, the Sustainable Development Goals are made up of three Ps. The planet, mm -hmm. people, people, and prosperity. I like that. Um, but I think as a continent, mm. uh, we've gotten to a stage where we need to now define our own narrative and, and we can't continue to allow mm. the narrative of this continent to be shaped mm -hmm. by other, other actors. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the, the motivation is that let's, let's begin to think of ourselves positively. Mm -hmm. um, this is not the period where a newspaper said a hopeless continent. We believe that we've come a very long way and the hook for whatever we do should be prosperity. So this is Africans thinking and talking about Africa. Absolutely. Mm. I like that. But why is it called the Kwewu Summit? And why is it not taking place in Kwewu if it is the Kwewu Summit? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's dubbed the Kwewu Summit because mm. the whole idea was birth at Kwewu. Okay. Birth at the Rock City Hotel okay. where a couple of thought leaders and eminent Ghanaians and non-Ghanaians met mm. to conceptualize uh, uh, this idea. Mm. And then we decided that we would brand it after okay. the birthplace. So we christened it quo, mm. but also remember mm. uh, the emphasis, a key part of the emphasis on, on the dialogue really has to do with accelerating uh, intra-African trade. Mm. Remember the quotes in this country are the traders. Are the traders. Yeah. So the two came together nicely. I like they that. Came to, we, we decided to dub it the quote summit. Mm. For the very first summit, this maiden summit, you mm. know, which will be taking place 
in two parts at the Safari Valley Lodge on 26th and 27th uh, of this month, and mm. then 20th will be the presidential dialogue mm. at the Pediasa Lodge. Mm. Because of the uh, the involvement and the leadership of His Excellency the President on this, and the fact that he's inviting mm. a number of his peers. Mm. And this is the very first time this has been held. Mm. And also because he wants to send a strong signal that he owns it. Mm. A decision was taken that for the maiden summit, mm-hmm. we should hold it here at Pediasi. Mm. Also for ease of logistics. I see. So but it's, I wouldn't it's be, possible that in future I wouldn't be, go I'm, to it. It's, 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 it's I wouldn't good. be surprised at all that the next summit will be anchored at this is right home. Before I come to Dr. Uh, Mr. Stamets on the details of what we discussed and all that, just to clarify a few things. So when is it happening and what kind of person can participate yeah. in this summit? Yeah, there are two parts to the summit. Mm-hmm. The, f- the first part will be on on the 27th, 26th and 27th mm-hmm. of, of January and it will mm-hmm. take place at the Safari Valley Lodge, mm-hmm. at Safari Valley Resort. Um, and then we're bringing together political leaders, mm-hmm. business leaders, thought leaders, okay. uh, young entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, policy makers, uh, to really think through the, mm-hmm. the, what is holding us back from accelerated implementation of the AFCFTA. Mm-hmm. And then look at practical solutions, you know. Mm-hmm. And as I said on a different platform yesterday, practical solutions through the lens of quick wins. Mm-hmm. And then that's the output of that. Uh, the outcome of, of, of that uh, engagement would then feed into the presidential conversation on the 28th, which will take place at the Pediasi Lodge mm. under the auspices of His Excellency the President. Mm. So let me come to Mr. Atamensa. So what do we expect these conversations to result in? Or even before that, what, what kind of things will be discussed in, in these platforms? Well, uh, first of all, I thank you very much for inviting me. Mm. And also, let me say that uh, the UNEC or the UN Economic Commission for Africa is mm. grateful to be partnering with the um, government and the APN mm-hmm. in organizing this uh, mm. uh, meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the important thing here is um, why do you need to have these discussions? Mm-hmm. And is this just a talk shop? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not a talk shop in the sense that if you look at the theme, it's from the AFCFTA, um, from ambition to action, mm. because that's our ambition, right? The ambition is what we've succeeded in getting the CFTA, uh, um, um, what CFTA, African uh, Continental Free Trade Area. Mm. We've succeeded in getting it passed, and everyone has embraced it. We've succeeded in bringing the Secretariat to Accra. But so what? The next thing is the rubber hits the road. And so, therefore, we have to begin to trade and trade and go. So you have to have a, a situation to ask yourself, who are the go- those who are going to do the traders? The government is there just to um, support and in, to create the enabling environment, mm. which through policy frameworks and all that. But eventually, it's the small, uh, medium enterprises, the SMEs, who mm. are going to... Um, do the trading, mm. right? Mm. So the what I think um, Ghana is trying to do, or this group of people are trying to do, is to say, look, mm. let's bring government together. Let's bring those who are going to do the trading and ask them, mm. you know, what what are the challenges that you're facing in trading? Mm. And let's be, let's let me say this: 
CFTA doesn't mean that we never traded before. This is not the first time we're going to trade. Mm. Trading exists already. Mm -hmm. But the difference between that is that now you're trying to remove the tariffs, Mm. right, which is you don't charge a tax for trading. That's what it means. So Mm. you take off the tax, which we call the tariffs, Mm -hmm. off. Um, And uh, as a result of that, you know, African countries that have come together who form uh, part of the Secretariat or what you call the state parties mm. have agreed that they would take off ninety seven percent of their tariffs, the existence tariff off mm-hmm. gradually though. Um and so at the moment we have about um almost eighty seven point almost ninety percent. Uh we're not like completely ninety, which have taken up their tariffs. They've submitted their tariff lines and all that. And um the Secretariat is verifying them to ensure that uh, what they say they're going to do. The other important part, which also the traders wants to know, is something like rules of origin, mm. right? So you don't want me to bring uh, sugar from uh, Brazil or somewhere, and then I just repackage it and sell it. No, mm. I've not added any value to it. So you want to make sure that uh, what people are going to say that they're going to trade, they've really added value to it. And the most important thing is like like our cocoa, for instance, if you give an example. Mm. And I mean, I always go to you know my uh, roots in the sense that to say that you want value addition, mm. right? So it's not only producing cocoa, the raw form, or extracting uh, uh, um, um, diamond just in this raw form, mm. but you want to transform it into the end product, right? Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, with cocoa, you want to get the chocolate, you want to get the cocoa butter, um, which is used, and you want to make sure that every product is done. So you need to diversify our products, you know, in that sense. Uh, and so when you begin to talk about diversification, mm. then in this case, you've got to use the technologies available. So then it comes to innovations, right? Mm. So technology becomes key. And related to that, then, in this case, that you have to, if you're going into technology and innovations, then this leads to what? Education. So mm. you've got to have the right capacity to build mm. the capacity to be able to do that. And mm. so um, trade in itself is an important component of our GDP, right? But trade itself, right, leads to other things because it leads to, you have to for you to trade, you have mm. to industrialize. So industrialization is there. Um, and to industrialize and to move trade, what comes in? Trade facilitation and trade mm. facilitation issues are what infrastructure. Mm. You also have to, if you do dealing with food and all that, so you have to have the laboratories to be make sure that um, um, you have you meet something global standards. So all these things are integrated. And for me, I think it is important that when you look at this trade, you have to look at it in a holistic manner because it leads to jobs mm. eventually. For everyone, I see. At least to product, uh, you know. So, so the, my, my question to both of you: is, So, is this something we are paying for ourselves as a continent? Because one of my challenges with African countries is usually if they're even holding these heads of state meetings or whatever meetings they're having, there's always the question of funding: who's going to support put this together? And inevitably, the, the person who has created the system that you are at the bottom of is the one paying for it. There's no way you're going to come out. If you're going to trade among yourselves, there are barriers. Yeah. Some of these barriers have been put in place long before you became independent. Sure. So yeah. what is the approach of the APN, African Prosperity Network, in terms of owning the conversation properly, yeah. setting its own agenda, yeah. and paying for the event? I mean, very well put, you know. Um, we, we, we don't want this to look like 
pay to play. Mm. You know, mm. uh, this is this is a this is a, a vision that that is strongly owned by a group of, as I said, prominent Africans. Strong conviction, and and what what we are seeking to do is to define a narrative for ourselves, mm-hmm. and to do so, I, I don't believe that we can do that through the lens of dependency. You know, and 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 uh, looking for resources from 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 external actors. So what the APN has done is to put together what I do see as a very bankable program. You know, mm-hmm. because if you look at the thematic areas dealing with issues to do with productivity, dealing with issues to do with infrastructure and energy deficits, leveraging finance and etc., and we've been able to pitch this to businesses. And it's gotten a lot of traction because I do believe that those who are sponsoring this event, which, mm. is, which is largely, almost exclusively the, the private sector, see the value pro- pro- proposition okay. of what we are certainly seeking to, mm. to do. So, so yes, uh, um, the, the resource envelope to fund this has been mobilized mm. from the private sector, mm. from, I should say, from the Africa private sector. It's happening next week. Is there room for more registrations? If there is, how do people become part of this yeah um it's it's important question you know it's 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 partially restricted you know and and some of the limitation is largely also due to space uh, capacity right now we have close to in excess of 220 Mm -hmm. confirmations and we also strongly feel that for the maiden summit we need to have in that room, around the table, mm-hmm. you know, individuals and businesses in particular that can add value to the conversation. Mm-hmm. So right now, I would say that we are at the tail end of the registration and perhaps, you know, after today, a registration, we may have to close registration. So today may be the last day. Is there we a number? Is there some website? Oh, absolutely. Um, there is the, oh, God, I have to get this for it. There's a www.quailsummit, I believe mm-hmm. the website is there. Mm-hmm. So you go to what uh, Summit. That's correct. Then there you can register to either sponsor or to participate. Yes, uh, particularly to, 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 to participate. Mm. As for the sponsors, already, you know, we've reached out to all of them. Yeah. Fair enough. Although, uh, although we welcome additional sponsors, you know, if there's interest at this stage. Obviously, there are many more years to come of this conversation. So thank you very much, Dr. Eugene Wusu, Executive Director of the Africa Prosperity Network, and uh, also uh, Joseph Atamensa, Principal Policy Advisor for the ECA, and he's part of the team of thinkers who are going to be speaking and helping to steer the discussions at this very important summit happening next week. Uh, some is, is at both, um, is it Pediasi? And Safari Valley. Safari Valley in the Dukrum yeah. as well. Thank you. So it's a mountainous, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a mountainous summit. That's, that's, that's correct. Fantastic. 10 o'clock. So we have time for, for today's edition of City Breakfast Show. Had Godfred Akotobuafu and Rita Sky with me from 623 all the way to 10. Thank you for listening.